Ladies and gentlemen, to the greatest known podcast in the multi-universe, this is the motherfucking Heel Hook Show. You are joined today by, in my opinion, best commentator in British MMA, Brad Wharton of Cave Warriors, SEC, and among many others, many feathers in his cap. Um, we're waiting on the keyboard assassin, the keyboard warrior, Eddie Law. He's rushing through traffic like he's in some form of action film. So don't worry about him. He'll be here soon. Uh, we're going to be recapping... 2017, our best ofs, our worst ofs, and we'll be making our predictions um, for what's going to happen in 2018. So, first off, how are you doing, Brad? I'm doing great, and I'd just like to say, uh, is the, your opinion on the uh, the best commentator in UK MMA is correct? That is me, absolutely. There you go. <laughs> Definitely the I most was, stylish. I was modest, what can I say? Definitely the most stylish. Definitely. I, mate, I'm wearing a a 12 year old hoodie and a trilby I, I'm not going to uh, talk about style it's called retro it's called retro, yeah, that's it, retro. <laughs> yeah. no I, I 100% uh, get where you're coming from though it's one of those things that I'm one of those people that I tend to kind of keep stuff longer than I really should as far as clothes and stuff like that there's some shirts and like jeans and stuff like that but I'm like ah this is still wearable let's go with it who cares I'm one of those guys, like, when I'm at home, when I'm in my little castle, I do not give a shit. I will wear the like, <laughs> the first thing, that whatever's on top of the drawer is what's going on me. Like, if I'm not going out of the house... It better not be your missus's clothes. Well, hey, hey, you know, <laughs> in these modern times, who are you to say that I shouldn't be, uh, you, know? <laughs> you know... I'm not assuming your gender or anything. Relax, mate. Free your mind. Free your mind. <laughs> Oh, and we're going to get into this now because um, I was going to talk to Eddie about this, but we'll jump right into it. What's your take on the whole cyborg gate as it's currently going on? Because I will say this just to kind of just lay the scene for people who don't know. Um, a photographer who works for um, Jackson Winkle um, Jim, their photographer, um, made some disparaging comments about Chris Cyborg after her recent title defence against Holly Holmes um, this past week um, at UFC 219. Um, and community and the people are enraged, sir. How do you feel about it? Yeah, I mean, it's it's that age of moral outrage, really, isn't it? Like, it's just whatever's the latest thing, Twitter just seems to jump on it and it's just becoming less and less of a fun place to hang out. I mean, obviously, like, what the... What the guy did, it's like it's a bit of a dick move, isn't it? I mean, yeah. it was it's it's just unnecessary. Like, I don't know. I watched. Um, I don't know if you've seen it, but I watched the new uh, Dave Chappelle thing. Yeah, I watched, I watched it. And you know, he he does a load of material on that kind of stuff, and it's quite near the knuckle. But you know, I mean, he's a great comedian. He's really funny, and I think in that context, it's fine. But like, if you're just some dude who's literally like, oh yeah, she looks like a man, it's just unnecessary, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? It's not funny. It's not a joke. I'm, I'm happy to joke about anything, but the guy was just being a dickhead. Um, at the same time, I think Twitter needs to just give its head a wobble at the moment. It's just it's getting oh. a bit boring. And the thing is, though, the one thing that kind of irritates me the most is there's been numerous times where other personalities, bigger personalities, um, like um, Joe Rogan and Brendan Sharp, and amongst you know, marquee names who a lot of us know, they've turned around and said disparaging comments about Chris Cyborg before and 
you know, there was never a moral outrage. But now that it's somebody on the lower level, and granted, 100%, he shouldn't have said what he said, is representing a company, a business, a gym um, that's, um, you know, a, a pillar for the, the the MMA community in a sense. You know, it's the, arguably the biggest gym as far as like a known name. And a lot of big fighters come out of there. And the fact is, is I agree what everybody's saying. He shouldn't have said what he said. He should have represented himself better. And I, I completely agree with everybody on that. My problem is, though, is, is where were all you guys when on these bigger platforms, people were saying disparaging comments about Chris Cyborg? You weren't enraged. But now, now that she's champ, now that, you know, she's fighting and everything like that, and everybody seems to have forgotten what they've said on social media prior. Plus, Jackson Wink's an easy target at the moment. Obviously, you know, they've had all that shit with John Jones over the past year. They've got this, um, you know, there's this, there's just this trope going on about they're on like a 20-fight UFC losing streak. Um, I mean, you know, they didn't do themselves any favours. I don't know if you saw the Facebook sort of apology that they did. Yeah. Um, I was like, look, if you're going to do an insincere apology, at least, like, pay me $20 to write a better one for you. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I can bullshit much better than that. I really can. Um, that was terrible. Uh, but yeah, they're an easy target. Like, you know, so, someone like Joe Rogan, for example. Uh, and, and again, I think the context is different because possibly he's a comedian, so he can maybe get away with it a bit more in that context. But someone like Joe Rogan or Dana White, you know, when they do something like that, they've got such a big audience of sycophants as well that, you're never going to get the moral high ground over Dana White on Twitter because his fans are always going to bombard you. You know, do you know what I mean? He's got millions of followers. Joe Rogan's got millions of followers. Whereas Jackson Wink, they're not really sort of like an entity in and of themselves on social media. So it's easy to sit there and go, oh, what a bunch of fucking bigots. It's, it's not really. It's just perhaps this one guy who's doing the social media who's a dickhead. Exactly. But, you know, this is how the world works these days. It's such a shame because, again, like I say, I'm not saying that you know, anybody's a fault or anybody is underserving. It just seems to be one of those things that I've noticed so many people who have tweeted the exact same thing and then all of a sudden we're looking at the same people and they're morally outraged. And it's like, look, if you go back to um, when Cyborg, you know, got popped the second time when she was in the UFC and uh, apparently it was um, a, prescri- a prescription thing from a doctor, um, if you go back to that area of time and you look at some people's tweets, it's kind of ironic that these are the same people who are turning around and defending Cyborg when they were making the disparaging comments that they were making around that same time. Yeah, I, I mean, people love to virtue signal, don't they? I mean, everyone likes to be the white knight and take the moral high ground, I suppose. I don't know. I mean, it's one of those things for me, like... I guess maybe it's just becoming a bit desensitized to it. Or when I saw it, I was just like, huh, okay, another one. You know what I mean? It's not, it's not to say it's not offensive and it's not a big deal, but it's just everywhere at the moment. Like, you know, you, you can't really look around for it. Like, you know, again, that's not to say it's nice for um, Chris Cyborg. At the end of the day, she's a fucking human being. And every time she must look on social media, she's got that shit to look at. It can't be particularly nice for a person. I, I don't know if she's got kids or anything, but she. She's got family in that, surely, and it can't be it can't be nice for them. But I think, uh, yeah, like I say, man, Twitter just needs to take a fucking day off. It's uh, 
<laughs> it's not going to change, though, is it? Just, it's not going to change. <laughs> look at it for one thing and one thing only. After seeing what um, uh, do you MMA rankings, women's MMA rankings, tweeted earlier on today, um, Tara La Rosa is going to be facing the sexist internet troll um, Christopher Zelinsky. So he said that he could fight any any female MMA like fighter. Like he could whoop their ass. It doesn't matter. He's a man. He can beat him up. Don't matter. Oh yeah, I think I heard of this guy. So this is going to be aired live on Facebook um, this Saturday coming. I think that we should throw that guy who's the photographer against Chris Cyborg. I don't even think she needs a six-week fucking training camp, my guy. <laughs> I think these things, man, they just kind of... I think that... I don't know. I think it's really pointless. Like, the, my inner dickhead is kind of sat there thinking, I hope this guy beats the fuck out of Tyler Rosen. Just, <laughs> just turn the internet into a fucking meltdown. <laughs> Can you imagine it if he absolutely demolished her? Just chins her, just outright, yeah. just crap. Oh, <laughs> what, bitch? <laughs> Make me a fucking sandwich. <laughs> it's going to be one of those really awkward moments, though, because you've got one or two ways that this is going to go. E.g. the one that you just said, which I think is highly unlikely. Yeah, I, obviously, yeah. But on the other side, if... <laughs> if she, if he gets his ass kicked, and I mean, like, handedly, like, she toys with him for three rounds. I don't know what uh, what under rule set is. I'm presuming it'll be, like, an MMA bout, like an amateur one, I'm presuming. But if she just toys with him for as many rounds as she can, just taking him down and pummeling on him, and then just going for a submission, letting it go, moving around to the next transition, I think it'd be hella fun to watch. I'm not going to lie. Is it so? Is it like an actual fight, or is it like uh, I'll read the like um, contest or something? Though I'll read the cliff note right now. Uh, this Saturday, McDojo Life. Wow, what a name! Like seriously, like I bet you went to school and everything to learn how to brand your <laughs> McDojo Life. Come on, my guy. Um, it's set to host the highly anticipated intergender fight between women's MMA pioneer um, Tyra La Rosa against sexist internet troll Christopher Zelinsky. Um, in a bit of, um, La Rosa will face off against internet troll. Push goes zero. Blah blah blah. Um, it will take place at Breaking Point Martial Arts in Apopka, Apopka in Florida. Um, at six, uh, the sixth of January, seven PM Eastern. Um, it it doesn't actually specify the rule set. So it's going to be like just like a gym fight or something, isn't it? Yeah, it's not like an event or anything. Well, they're airing it on Facebook, so it's kind of an event. Oh, hey, I better <laughs> hold up. If it's on Facebook, it's not an event. No, I'm <laughs> okay. You remember UFC? Remember UFC used to do those things on timeout. Remember those UFC used to do the early Facebook fights and don't give a fuck about? And now you got to pay 10 bucks a month to watch those said fights? Yeah, bro. There, Not there, is, there is certain companies in the United Kingdom that would strongly disagree with you. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> happy New Year's, fellas, by the way. Yeah, Happy New Year, mate. <laughs> anyway, what are you guys talking about? For real? I, I missed it. <laughs> Tara LaRosa is going to be fighting this Saturday. Um, like um, Brad was saying, it looks like it's going to be a gym fight, but it's going to be aired live on Facebook against Christopher Zelinsky. It's an inter- oh, that little pussy ass dude, the little pussy ass dude, gonna get his ass whooped on by a lady. Let's see that shit. 
Put, don't put that on Facebook. Put that on fucking like national, international television. That's an event, dude. That's a fucking event. The other little cocksucker, the little cocksucker out of New Mexico that was like, Cyborg's a dude. Now we make jokes, but you can't be salty when your fighter gets beat like that, right? This isn't a joke. This is for real. Some dick's gonna beat with a chick with not without one. It's gonna be hilarious. <laughs> So you're picking her to win, yeah? Because I definitely she's, am. <laughs> she's gonna, no, she's gonna embarrass this motherfucker. I'm telling you. No, yeah, there's um, that thing in Russia, and I think it's like January or February, where there's like there's it's supposed to be like a pay per view of a man versus a woman, and the winner gets a million dollars, which obviously is not going to happen. Um, but it's like Wes Sims versus Travis Fulton's on the card. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So obviously. That a million dollars isn't going to be anywhere near this fucking. Whatever happened to the Bob Sapp fight against the bear? By the way, that's what who, I wanted. Who 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 won? Who won? Uh, the bear won apparently. The bear won. Did it actually happen? Yeah. Well, it wasn't a fight. It was like a sort of push, like a sumo pushing thing. Uh, they had like a glass plate between them, like a plexiglass plate. Uh, shit, oh, that's you can't... bullshit. Unless yeah. you lost an eye or something, this ain't fucking. Like... Time out. Ta- no, ta- time out, Ash. Time out. That's like being disappointed that the girls that did two girls, one cup didn't use actual shit. That's exactly <laughs> what you just said. You're disappointed a bearded mall bob sap on television. Yo, and I'm, I'm over here going, like, wait a minute. It's, imp- it's not impressive enough. He got in with a bear. Hey, I'm just, that's not impressive. How is that impressive? That's like saying, wait. you know what, man? Ah. Hold, up, hold up, hold up. I went swimming with sharks. No, you dickhead. You was in a cage. What are you talking about? You didn't swim with no sharks. No, but I'm just saying, though, in context, like, it's all good and well turning around and saying, yeah, I, I swam with the sharks. You didn't. You were in the cage. You didn't wrestle with a, or fight a bear. You had a big. I'm a YouTube shit. Like, come on. Bob Sapp versus Bear. Let's see the shit. At least Khabib actually wrestled the cunt. Like, do you know what I mean? <laughs> That's his little brother. That's a fucking difference, okay? Yeah, that was family he was wrestling. That wasn't an actual bear. No, there's the video of the bear. The kid and the bear wrestler. Oh, hold up. Time out. They're, he just pushing a little plastic thing. Yeah, that's what he said. Like, that's some bullshit. Hmm. Nah. Look, fair really enough. Like I would be terrified. No, time out. I'd be terrified as fuck if I was him. You kidding me? That little flimsy-ass plastic shit? At this point, Bob Sapp has nothing to live for. Let's be completely honest. Oh, I bet. Uh, Bob Sapp? You know what? Bob Sapp in a year or two will be like, fuck that plastic thing. I'll beat the shit out of that bear. I'm telling you, wait for that one. That's coming. He's crazy. And that's going to be in glory in China. Um, yeah, he's a strike. I will fly over for that. Oh, yeah, he'll tap the strike. Yeah, and then you have a couple fights where he got, like, maybe a little leg kick, and he was like, ah, oh, shit. That's it. He's <laughs> fights like that. Yeah, it's so... Credit to Bob Sapp for still being a draw over there. Seriously, mad credit for that, dude. Right, we'll get into the best of um, and the worst of, of this uh, past year of 2017. Um, I'm going to start off with um, the breakout fighter for 2017. So we'll start with Brad. Who is your breakout fighter for 2017? Well, I didn't know if we were going for like so UFC breakout fighters or like anyone you want to go with. Uh, so I, I went I went domestic. For me, I thought uh, Nathaniel Wood, uh, the prospect. Uh, so he's uh, obviously he's one of our guys in Cage Warriors. But he had a pretty awesome year. Um, he, he won three fights. He won the Cage Warriors world title. He beat Vaughn Lee, who's a UFC veteran. And then he had that fucking crazy fight uh, against Josh Reed. Um, one of the maddest rounds I've ever made I've ever seen in my life. That was one of the best rounds. Uh, I've training with Brad Pickett and all those guys at Titan. 
So he's obviously got links to American top team as well. And yeah, I, I think like in terms of like a domestic fighter, he's had probably had the best year. He's probably going to go on to great things in 2018. I think maybe one more fight on Cage Warriors and then probably off to the UFC. Um, is that your prediction for... Um, oh, I'm sorry. Who will be your prediction then for breakout star of the next year then? I'm going with uh, Roberto Soldic. Um, I don't know if you saw him on KSW. Absolutely smashed Boris Mankowski. Uh, he got a head kick knockout on Cage Warriors over Lou Long in like 11 seconds, wow. which was absolutely bananas. Um, I think he, he had like five TKO wins in 2017. Um, beat a couple of guys on, on the local circuit in Europe. Uh, beat Des Park, who's a tough guy. And then, yeah, Lou Long. And then obviously main event in KSW 41 against Boris Mankowski. Um, again, I think got to be in the UFC in the first sort of quarter to half of uh, 2018. The dude looks like an absolute animal. Just raw power. and uh, Got the skill to back it up as well. I was really hoping we were going to see him um, fight Carl Amersley on Cage Warriors, but looks like he's moved on. Um, but he's, he's, he's at that level now. So keep an eye on that guy, man. Eddie, your, right. your breakout fight of 2017. All right, my cop-out answers are 20, 20, I'm just being honest. 2017, is, I mean, quite obvious, Francis Ngannou. I mean, you took a man's soul and you got a title shot. How retarded was that? I mean, okay, let me put it, let me tell you why, okay? Because we haven't had a Mike Tyson-style fighter, right? Everyone's like, oh, Ronda Rousey's Mike Tyson MMA. Fuck no, right? <laughs> the last person we had was, like, as close to, like, like, you're not watching a fight, you're watching an execution. The closest guy we have is Conor McGregor, right? Nobody that else, I mean. That all rumble. That all r- rumble. And the, the problem with, my problem with rumble is the fact that DC fucked him up twice. And the second time was embarrassing. The second time yeah. was embarrassing, okay? Yeah, the so, but, but, but I get what you're saying, right? But no, with Anthony Johnson, with Anthony Johnson, you knew there was a chance. Right? I could take him down and I have a chance to beat him. With Francis and Gunny, you're like, what the fuck do I do? Like, if we take him down, we don't know if it's a ground game. What if he does? It's crazy shit. So uh, the fact that he was able to do what he did in a short span of time and get to a title shot, what, first quarter, in, in first quarter, first, what, when's this fight? In the... It's January 20th, isn't it? Yeah, first month, first month, first quarter of the fucking year. It's like beautiful, right? So to me, he's a breakout star. My prediction for 2018 is another probable cop out, Darren Till. I mean, yeah, I've just got to put in for one second. We've uh, literally picked the exact same people for breakout yeah. 2017 and the exact same for the yeah. breakout 2018. No, but the beautiful thing about Darren Till is that he's the entire package. He's uh, he could fight. He's big for his division. He cuts probably cuts a shitload of weight, but regardless, he can do it, right? If, look, if you can do it and you can and you compete at the level that he compete that he that he fought at, okay, cool. I don't give a fuck if you, if you nearly kill yourself, you come back like a Conor McGregor at 45, and you can perform all power to you. If you're gonna go out to cut weight and come back like a fucking Kelvin Gaslam or a fucking rig, big rig, don't no, don't do that shit. Or or please, someone tell Mackenzie Dern to move it to 125. Please move it to 125. Well, He's fighting at straw weight. You're definitely right. going to be in the UFC in a few months because you signed yeah. for a fight. So. But you, you signed for straw weight, though. Still in there. I know, baby. Please, you can keep those hips and cut 125. Don't fucking go down and make some mistake for no reason. It's bullshit. Anyway, um, but uh, uh, no, fair enough. Darren, Darren Till, the whole package, man. Charisma. Can talk. Can, I mean, fuck. The back and forth against Mike Perry. Mike Perry has no business in that fight. That being said, People wanted to see that fight because it's just a little 10 second back and forth and that's inside the cage. That's what you want out of a star in MMA. Um, I'm with you on the uh, breakout 2017 Francis Ngannou for the simple fact that he's been nothing short of spectacular in his weight class. 
Um, you could argue some of the, the earlier fights that he had of the, uh, the year just gone, um, they were against people that were a little bit lackluster, you know, like Alofsky. And, you know, we got to the Overeem fight and we thought that Overeem would be an experienced striker. At least he, he's very hittable and we knew he could get knocked out. He, he's, you know, has one of the worst, um, I believe, records for getting knocked out um, in the heavyweight division. And I think as well, he's in the top five for worst to get knocked out in the UFC. But the thing is, though, is he's still a dangerous fighter and is an experienced striker. And we've seen Francis Ngannou from fight to fight evolve as a fighter and begin to learn more and more. Let's not forget that this guy has barely even got you know his teeth into the, the, the sport as far as training is concerned. He's only been training for a matter of years. So I think it's going to be very interesting to see how he turns out in 2018. And, you know, at the end of the day, the guy seems to have the, the positioning to know how to win. And he seems to have that kind of natural positioning, you know, whether it be catching the Kimura, whether it be the uppercut, you know, he seems to have that um, that killer instinct. And I think that'll be very important for him, especially at heavyweight. Um, the Darren Till thing, I'm, I'm 100% with you. Um, a part of me hopes that they don't rush him too far to the top too soon because I want to see him grow. I want to see him, you know, edge his way up in the fights. But then with the same thing said, you've got to earn your keep if you're going to go and be a champion. So, But I do think Darren Till will be the breakout star. Uh, an interesting thing from last year, my prediction, because I went back and listened to um, mine and Nick Strickland's um, on Twitter at Bitter Nick. Um, I went back and listened to our last year's uh, recap of 2016, and my predictions were... For breakout for 2017, Rose Namajunas and Brian Ortega. So just there you to go. Can't fall out. Yeah, that was a decent, uh, a decent couple of picks. So, um, but the next one we'll go on to is the best fight, and I think this might be a, a clean sweep for all of us potentially. Anyway, the best fight of 2017. Start with you, Brad. Uh, I had sort of a tiebreaker in mind, so I went with, and they were both on the same event, I think, as well, uh, Calvo Oliveira versus Yancy Medeiros and Eddie Alvarez versus Justin Gagey. They're both on the same, both on the same event. Uh, I think, personally, I enjoyed those two fights start to finish the most um, of anything I saw this year. I know, like, Wood versus Reed made me jizz my pants and everything, but <laughs> it was only one round, so I, I, I went for the longer fights. And if you haven't heard him commentating on that fight, you can tell my voice is still <laughs> fucked from that. That was like <laughs> September. I still can't speak properly. Uh, what were you rolling with, Eddie? Uh, all right. So I was stuck between Yancey Medeiros fight, but I went with the Justin Gitchin Michael Johnson fight because do we I even need to explain that fucking beautiful brawl of a fight? God damn. Dude, but my, I got to give Michael Johnson a lot of credit. He does not turn down a fight. You know what I mean? I mean, has he ever not fought a killer? Ever? You know I mean, you. I mean, Nate Diaz beats him, gets Conor McGregor. I know circumstances, but still gets a big fight out of that. Justin Gaethje beats him, and he got uh, Eddie Alvarez. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I mean, regardless, of, it, it, it just I gotta give Michael Johnson credit, Johnson credit for that. But that was just a beautiful display of just brawling. You know what I mean? And I don't know how I forgot what round it was. It might have been the first round where Justin Gaethje got like the shit knocked out of him for like a second. It's I don't know how he survives this shit. Every time he fights, I'm like. Is this going to be the fight? Is this going to be the fight? It took a nasty Eddie Alvarez was the knee to yeah. fucking end that fucking streak. So that, that was my fight. That was one. And yes, Madero's fight was number two. Um, see, I went with the Gaethje and Johnson fight also because <laughs> when you watch that fight, I feel 
like it felt like a throwback fight. It felt like one of those old school fights where there wasn't any kind of trying to win points. And I know that was down to Gaethje, obviously luring Johnson into that kind of deep waters and, you know, wanted him to get into that kind of brawling mentality and whatnot. You know, Johnson's a dangerous guy. Don't forget, this is the guy who flatlined Dustin Poirier. Do you know what I mean? Like, he's a bad, bad man. And, you know, he lit up Khabib in the first round. A lot of people forget about that at UFC 205. Um, I really enjoyed this fight. I didn't, I'd seen clips of Gaethje fight prior to this. But I always kind of worried that he was more hype because whenever guys come in from other organizations into the UFC, they don't do him any favors. And they didn't do it Gaethje any favors with this fight. But, you know, he turned this into a gunfight and, you know, he walked away with a lot of holes. And, you know, I, as bad as this sounds, as much as I fucking love that fight, a part of me goes, I, I, I kind of worry that, like, he's going to end up being one of these guys that we look at in 10 years' time. And, you know, he's a bit of a mess. And I just know that because he was going to fight against, um, he's, he's wanting to fight against Kevin Lee in his next fight. And I just think, Jesus Christ, if he gets caught with the big, quick, fast twitch power overhands from Kevin Lee, you start to wonder, Jesus Christ, what's going to happen to Gagey? I mean, you only need to look at guys like Robbie Lawler. Yeah. Like when, he, when he had his first UFC run, like 2000, what, 2004, 2003, 2004? He was already slurring his speech then, and he was like 19, and he's he's already had his head knocked around. And you know, you hear him talk nowadays, and it, it's all over the place. Um, you know, I, I obviously spend a lot of time with with a lot of fighters and now coaches, and, and and it's really worrying to you know hear people. You know, I've known for maybe like 10, 15 years, and their speech patterns have just fallen to pieces. And you know, if you're fighting like Gagey and you having a, you making a career out of them. Um, it's not going to end well. Um, uh, like I say, it's one of those downsides that I always kind of like look at these fights and like, God damn, it was a good fight. And then I go, <laughs> dude, I've gotten to speak to him when, when uh, I covered, uh, I covered when he was a professional fighters league. Now it used to call the world series of fighting. Right. And the two Palomino fights. I spoke to him both times after both fights and both times. I legit had to ask him to repeat what he said. Because he literally was slurring words that bad. Now he did get the shit knocked out of him in both fights and ended up winning. But it was one of those where he got dropped like at least once, right? And so it was one of those like, oh man, is he hurt? Like still hurt from that punch? Or is this like how he is now? And if you watch interviews, he's not much better. You know what I mean? So it's uh it's really crappy to see. And 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 you wonder, for example, I don't know if you, know, if you guys know much about the NFL's lawsuits or whatnot, but a lot of players are like Hey, you know, you guys were lying to us about our, our, about what was going down with our with our heads and everything. And then we got CTE and we got brain damage and all that. And then the other side is like, well, you signed up for a violent sport. What do you expect? Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's a really it's 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 you, it's hard to take a strong stance on it as a fan. All I could really do was feel really bad for the guys and just hope, like, just hope for the best for them. Like, you know, in their later years. I, I always look at it like this: if you choose to do any kind of physical s job you have to know that your mm-hmm. body is doing something over time. So if you do manual labor and you're lifting all day, your back and your knees are going to get shot. Do you know what I mean? Like there's yeah. just certain jobs that, you you know, if you're going to do anything that's involving any kind of physical thing, there's always repercussions for everything that you do physically and, and, and mentally also. But, you know, I think that they're talking about in, um, in, um, in soccer, as you guys would call it, like football, um, over here they're saying that um, they don't want kids to head the ball as much. Because right. repetition of heading the ball, you know, is, is causing like 
those little knocks, those little taps of seven, mm. six, eight, nine, ten-year-old kids. It's just not good for the brain as it's developing. But yeah, and there's, there's supposedly there's like studies and evidence of that actually happening because that, that that's actually been talked about over here too, which is funny because everyone's taking their kids out of like peewee football, where you're, you're little little kids playing like full contact football, and putting them in soccer, and now in soccer, you know, football. But and now everyone's like. Well, now you can't hit the ball that much. It's like, fuck it. Let's just wrap these kids in plastic or in bubble wrap, and then just send them down the down the street. Fuck it. I mean, because it's look, it, we we everyone needs to understand. I, I think people really pretty much do understand that everything comes with, with risk, right? Like, you know, you and I train jujitsu. I train jujitsu as much as possible. I'm about to. I mean, I actually, I'm excited. I took like a month off because of my elbow. It still hurts like a bitch. But fuck it. I'm gonna go train today. But you know, <clears> I understand that later on, I'm gonna need like help walking around. My back's gonna be kind of fucked. You know what I mean? And my, yeah. my arms are going to be fucked and my fingers are going to be fucked. But fuck it, dude. While I'm still young, I'm going to enjoy the fuck out of this body. It's like it's like having a car. At some point, that motherfucker is going to rust and be a piece of shit. Enjoy it while you can. Exactly. You know, it's it's about like understanding the risks and then more importantly, like knowing when to get out. You know what I mean? Like if you want to use the example of a car, you know, there's only so many times you can rag it around the corner before you know that the your tires are going to go out. Um I think what we are seeing now in, in the fight game um, is just more sort of education and, and more more coaches who are actually having to deal with things like CTE themselves um, who are like, shit, I don't want to drag the kids that I'm teaching through this. So they're actually educating the kids more and, and the younger and the fighters more. You know, there's a few gyms here in the UK that are sort of in, insisting now um, you know, even if the guys aren't fighting in the UFC or even if they're not fighting on safe MMA shows where there's brain scans, uh, there's a couple of gyms that I know of that are insisting like the pro fight team all gets a brain scan at least once a year. Uh, and I know there's a few guys who've, you know, stopped fighting, stopped training. Um, a pal of mine, Craig Powell, um, who uh, he runs BC MMA and uh, trains with BKK fighters here in the UK. Uh, he was supposed to have an amateur fight, sorry, a pro fight on Cage Warriors uh, last year. And um, I only, only mentioned this because he was really public about it on social media and he's, he's talked about it a lot. I uh, went for the scan, never had an issue before, never been knocked out before. Um, and they found a, a like a tumor, like a cyst, sorry, like this big in the front of his brain, like bigger than a golf ball, smack bang in the front of his head. And uh, yeah, the doctor said, you know, one, one punch, you're finished, mate. Uh, and that's it. You know, he can't do any contact anymore. But he's, you know, he runs an amateur fight team. So he is now really pushing that sort of more healthy approach to training and encouraging guys to sign up to safe MMA and get the scans done. Hopefully that kind of education is going to start seeping down and, and we'll, we'll limit it. We're never going to stop it because at the end of the day, you're getting hit in the fucking head for a living. But if what we can do to limit it is always a good thing. Um, with that said, we're going to move on, guys, to the... KO of the year! Brad, what is your KO of the year? Oh, it's Matt Brown versus Diego Sanchez. Speaking oh. of CTE, fucking hell. <laughs> the hellbow from hell. It's just, like, there, there was, like, cleaner ones. Like, I've, I've watched a ton of, like, best knockout of 2017 videos earlier on, and there was loads of really, really clean ones this year. Um, I'm, I'm guessing at least one of you has gone for fucking Garnier versus Overeem, but... One, it was just so violent. It was just horrible. Um, just the way he went for him and the way he fell down, and the Brown just like stood looking down at him, like, "Yeah, took your soul. See you later." Uh, 
perfect. Love it. Love Matt Brown. Were you going with Eddie, or do I need to guess? <laughs> uh, you can guess, but I, I had a. I'm, I, I go with one B before I go with one A. I actually really enjoyed um, the uh, Marlon Moraes' knee on on Aljamain Sterling yeah. for two reasons. One, it was on the button clean. Yeah, on the button clean. It's like damn on the way down. That was that was hilarious. But the part that I found more funny and everyone else kind of got pissed about, but I found it hilarious is that the camera because it was I think it was on uh, Fox or whatever it was. Yeah. Um, at least here in the States, it, it, he gets knocked out, and then the camera just sticks on Marais, right? Like, you saw Aljamain go down, dab on the way down, and just drop like a dead body, and you never saw him again. So everyone's, like, sitting there going, is he okay? Did he move after the fight? Do, do we need to fucking call somebody? Like, what the hell's going on? Um, the whole situation was crazy, but just the beautiful way that knee went in there. Like, Aljamain thought there was an open for a takedown, and, and Marais was just, I think he was coming up for a kick and ended up kneeing instead, so it was like, Fucking perfect, but yeah, one A. Francis and Ganu taking over him soul. I mean, come on, dude, that shit. The neck is back. Fucking. Oh, did you guys see the recent picture just came out? His eyes are like open and rolled back. It's just, it's, it will fuck you up a little for like a second. It, he looks like he's dead. He legit. Like you will look at it if you didn't. If you didn't immediately recognize it was Alistair over him, you just like holy shit, I saw a dead body. Oh wait, no, it's just this is re. All right, we're good. The thing about but, that is you see the fucking hammerfish that comes down oh, from dude. afterwards, and you saw Overeem sized fucking fifteen feet go. Dude, <laughs> when I watched that fight, and as soon as that happened, and he came out with a hammer, I legit jumped off the couch, and I, for some reason, I'm an idiot. I yelled at the TV. I go, "Unnecessary, Francis! What the fuck? <laughs> like, that wasn't he. You knew it was over, dude." You're such an asshole, but I'm a big fan of that guy. So, <laughs> um, I'm gonna go with uh, Barbosa's flying knee against Darush. Um, oh yeah, that was so beautiful. He, he timing, precision, clean, Chris flatlined him, no excess, walked away like a fucking assassin. And you know, I, I just think that there's moments like that where you just go that's when you see the sport aspect of it. You know, I'm not taking away from anybody else's KOs or any other abilities or anything like that, but there's moments where we get to see just clean, fluid, sporting moments within this sport when you see combinations, like um, the, when we saw years ago from um, Donald, um, when he hit that, um, like, five fucking hit Super Saiyan combo. Like, there's moments where you see just precision and just pure technique and the, the moment where he's, he's leading him into it and he, he keeps on going down for that, that takedown and then he just waits, crack, that knee comes through and he just flatlines down. And that's, to me, it's just beautiful. It's just a beautiful technique, beautiful timing and a beautiful finish. Um, we'll go on to the next one, submission of the year. Quick question, okay, sorry, sorry. Everyone was so goddamn impressed with the Betch Cohea, uh, uh, Holly Holm knocking out Betch Cohea, right? Yeah. Not really impressed by it. I will say this. I love the part where after she knocks her out, she comes down and hits her one time. And then she does one of these, like, arm things. Like, it's almost like a Tiger Woods. Like, Tiger Woods used to do this shit. You know what I mean? She was like, mm. but you could, you just know. And, and Holly said she was like, bitch. And she walked away. <laughs> like, that, that's, I, look, Ozzy Man, if Ozzy Man ever hears this, Ozzy Man, you need to dub that shit. You guys know who Ozzy Man is? No. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, was, yeah, yeah, yeah. I hope he fucking does. I just, bitch. Like, <laughs> I was laughing so hard at that shit. But yeah, I'm not, I wasn't as, as. A lot of people are listening in their top three, top five. I'm like, ah, I don't think so. I think there was nah, way I think more. Beth Cohea and Ronda Rousey, as I think it kind of takes away from everything. Yeah. Hey, look, when you face plant on the, on the straight out of Compton poster, can you, first of all, can you pay for better advertising? Some bitches <laughs> died on your poster for straight out of fucking Compton. 
That was the best ad ever. Ever. Okay. But yeah, dude, Rich, hey, come on, chick. Stop it. Stop it. Some of the yeah, uh, the best knockouts I saw this year were on like um shows in the UK that I worked, but I didn't want to bring them up because probably no one's seen them. But I'll uh, I'll tweet you guys out the uh, the links to them. I saw two knockouts this year. One of them was um it was a head kick from this like this grappler who like his, his striking looked like day one level striking through the the whole first round, and then his opponent just left his chin hanging out there, and the dude took like three steps across the cage like big marching steps. I just head kicked him like shin right across the face, and it was one of those knockouts where like there was loads of people there who are, like I've, I've sort of known for years like we've been around the sport for a long long time, and everyone was just looking at each other going that wasn't actually pleasant to be around it's all like it was fucking dreadful everyone's looking at each other like uh, it was bad and there was, there was one on um on uh on shock and all where some dude did like a fucking rolling heel kick which is just absolutely insane like fucking eddie gordo style oh shit yeah. i'll send you the links man that both absolute flatliners like the 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 shock and all one the dude was unconscious for like five minutes it was proper like Call an ambulance. But he's okay. So, so your sub of the year then, Brad, what are you rolling with? Ah, Brett Johns on uh, Joe, Joe Soto, the calf crusher. Purely because, I mean, it's a calf crusher for one. You don't see those in the fucking UFC every day. Um, Brett Johns is a sick grappler. And what's the point? So is Joe Soto. Like, level of fucking opposition. You know what I mean? Like, you you see these guys on the regional scene doing twisters on people who never grappled before. And it's like, okay, you're a black belt doing a twist from a guy who's never grappled yeah. before. Yeah. I was going to go with the Boston crab on FCC, but it's like, mm. you know what I mean? The guy was just a turkey, so it doesn't really matter. But you know, Joe Soto, uh, former Bellator champ, um, top level guy. So getting a calf crusher on him is sick, man. Were you wrong? We had it. Oh, it's quite obvious. The Demetrius Johnson suplex to fucking armbar. How sick was that shit? Like, what is he calling it? The wizard armbar? No, I thought he was calling it. What was he? Oh, the, no, the mousetrap. That's what he was calling, wasn't it? The mousetrap. Oh, no. So, someone, told me, like, someone told me today that were on, on Twitter today. Like, oh, he's calling it the wizard or something. You don't, the wizard. You don't get to call anything. The community calls yeah. it what it is, and it's a <laughs> motherfucking mousetrap, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah, mousetrap. No, that's a, that's a perfect name for it. As so, soon as like, that happened, I just saw loads of people. I don't know who was the first person, but I just saw loads of people. Oh, the mousetrap. I was like, all right, then let's call it the mousetrap then for sure. But yeah. that was beautiful. The fact that he stole that from Street Fighter, from yeah. Zang, like that's just so stupid that you'll be in the gym trying something out from Street Fighter. I think that's the exact thing, though, right? Like, I think as sub of the year, you have to have people trying to do that shit the next day on the mats. Legit, me and my teammates tried to do that shit the day after the fight at open mat. It's Sunday morning. We're at open mat. It's like, hey, man, uh, how much do you weigh? <laughs> I said, I told one of them, how much do you weigh? All right, I can lift you. Come here. Let's try this shit out. And I would get my teammate up, and I would and, and I would hit the ground with one leg like way too far out. I can't even get the leg over. You have to get the timing and the speed. But yeah, if, if people are trying your shit out the next day, you have a candidate. Step I don't think it's built for like two or five plus. I'll be honest with you. I, I don't. Hey, think- bro, bro, I can lift motherfucker. I can lift heavy, bitch. With some- I just, I just wonder if you can get your leg up that high to not nah, not quick enough. Hell yeah. no. I'm not, hell no, no. I tried. I tried. I failed. See. I did pick two of that have been mentioned, but I've got a third just in case because I thought that this was going to be kind of obvious. 
So I, I did like the DJ Borg one, obviously the mousetrap. I did love the Boston Crab that you alluded to, um, mm. obviously as well, Brad. Um, at FCC, um, the Bolton Crab, as it was named afterwards. <laughs> God damn. Um, but I'm going to roll with, because, you know, I'm going to go for a third here. But the guillotine of Brian Ortega on Cub Swanson, because of the simple fact that he changed the grip while still having the body lock up in the air, changed that grip and got the sub standing yeah. up. And, you know, it was just a beautiful transition of grips to readjust and get that finish against, a, you know, a veteran in Cub Swanson. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I thought Eddie was going to be like, <laughs> No, it was, it was legit. It was legit. I felt bad for Cub. Cub was like, I thought I was going to die. Again, if your opponent said some shit like that, you did good. Right. So. Me and uh, Nick from last year, we did some predictions of people who were the champions who we thought would uh, retain or not retain their titles by the end of 2017. So just so that people know who I predicted that would and wouldn't retain their title by the end of 2017, um, I did say that uh, Mike Mouse was going to keep hold of it. Um, A weird one here. Um, because um, Max was obviously the interim champion, so he was fighting against Aldo, and I said that he would keep his title in context so that Max would keep it, and I also said that Aldo wouldn't, because obviously both of the champions at the time. I did mention that Connor would retain his title, not much of a challenge when you don't defend it. Steve Miocic, I said, was going to defend his. Uh, Joanna, I got wrong, um, because I obviously thought that uh, she would retain. Um, and Nunez, I said that she would retain. But um, I got wrong that Cody would um, retain his. Um, I got wrong um, Woodley wouldn't retain his. And one of them, I'm going to throw this out there. I did say that DC wouldn't retain his. And he kind of didn't, if we're being honest here. You can wipe it out the records as much as you want. He got knocked out. He, he, he yeah, got knocked he lost his title. So, um, right, we'll, I'm just going to pull up the rankings real quick so then we can go through the um, the champions. Um, bear with me two seconds. I'm just going to pull this up real quick, guys. Uh, let's get these champions pulled up. You know, it's funny. I don't know anybody that said... I know, I know one guy that thought that that DJ would lose his, his like belt this year. And he, he told me a fighter, but I can't tell who. And he's a dumbass as well. Right. <laughs> you know, I tell um, him all the time, you're a dumbass. So, Demetrius Johnson, will he retain his title until the end of 2018, Brad Steinoff? No, I think uh, Dillashaw will beat him. I think Dillashaw moves down and beats him. God damn. Do, do, okay, with that same thing said, just to, oh, just to throw the additional on there, do you think if that was to happen, do you think TJ will keep that title till the end of the year? Uh, yes, because I think he will fight a bantamweight next. So I think we're going to have like a, a held up situation. I don't see him going from bantamweight to flyweight to bantamweight to flyweight in 12 months. So I think he beats TJ like in a few months time. And then I think he goes and fights maybe Cody or someone again. Um, and I, they'll probably do like, I don't know, DJ versus Judo or something again, just to, to, to figure that division out. And then he'll come back and, and, and defend it again next year. But I, I think I think he ends 2018 with the flyweight and bantamweight titles. 
Okay, so what do you think, Eddie? Does Demetrius Johnson retain his title for 2019? Real quick question. Did you guys already do all the other categories, like fighter of the year and all that? Um, we're gonna do fight. Uh, we're gonna do fight of the year at the end. Like fighter okay. is gonna be the last one because I want to save that for the person who deserves the most. Like clout. I swear to God, if you say Connor, we're gonna have an issue. Um, because <laughs> you would, motherfucker. Uh, I think DJ keeps his belt, man. I think I don't think we're gonna get the TJ fight as much as I want to see TJ fight TJ. Uh, I don't think we're gonna get it, man. I think uh, you know the UFC is gonna be. I think DJ is gonna be asking for money that the UFC just does not want to pay. I think that's literally gonna be the only hang up. You know what I mean, I mean, unless they get super desperate, you know what I mean, and they want like a super fight because you know WWE likes to put belts out, and now they want to do belt against belt and shit like that, you know. And then they get really desperate, a fight falls out, whatever. But I just don't see it happening. So I think DJ is going to keep his fight because who the fuck's going to beat DJ at one twenty five? Um, I I agree with you. The only thing that I was going to say is, is I saw some footage recently where um Mighty Mouse was in a kind of uh, boardroom. And they was doing something where they were talking about how they were going to advertise him against um, TJ. It was some leaked footage that oh. out. I don't know how genuine that was, as far as. But he was in the video was Mighty Mouse spinning around on the on the chair. But I don't know how legit it was and how long ago that was. So you know that's uh. there. But I do personally believe that he gets the win against um, TJ because I think. It's going to be interesting to see that cut, you know, when you're used to making it at 35, you know. I know he's not going to be a big 135er, but when you get used to a certain cut, your body goes, yeah, that's fine. Then when you try to overstrain it, I don't know how he's going to fare when it comes to cutting, whereas we know Mighty Mouse at 125 is ungodly. That is his Goldilocks weight. There is no two ways about it. Like 35, just too much. But that 125 is the perfect weight for him. So I personally think that he's going to see this year out because – I can't see anybody in that division taking it from him. So, um, yeah, we Brad already did the bantamweight. You believe that uh, TJ is going to um, keep that until the end of 2018. So what do you think, Eddie, as far as TJ? Um, will he be able to retain his bantamweight title until the end of 2018? Bruh, dude, I just saw a video. Uh, this video, Rachel Ostevich, you guys know who that is? She just put it, puts it a video of her doing some like leg workouts. God damn, that booty's just perfect. If you didn't notice, guys, the desk that's in front of Eddie just rose by, I think, one inch. <laughs> at least two, motherfucker. Give me some credit. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, not for real. Though. Go to at Rachel Ostovich. I fully recommend that video. Um, will TJ keep his belt? We got guys like Jimmy Rivera. You got guys like Marlon Moraes. Uh, is you know it's chicken shit in my opinion as it was to back out of a fight that you asked for, um you know and, and, and Cody's still in it. Cody's still in that division. I think that division is and obviously you know to, to me unfortunately Dominic is dark horse right. He's not. I don't think he's like a top three guy anymore. I think he can be. It's just the health is always a problem with this dude. Um, but um, I don't think Teach is gonna keep his belt. I think there's just too many killers in that one division, man. It's almost like one of those like anyone can beat anyone on any given day. You can say whatever you want about TJ's, you know, endurance, his power, especially at that weight, um, his speed, his footwork, his quickness, everything like that. Fair enough. Jimmy Rivera's got all that, and 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 and, and maybe even more. You know I mean, Marlon Moraes has been surprising some people coming from World Series of Fighting, a, a lower league, to being really good in the UFC. So I think uh, I think there's just too many killers in that division for TJ to to hold off. But uh, yeah, I think he loses the belt. Who do you believe will be the bantamweight champion by the end of the year? If you have to put your name on, Jimmy Rivera. Okay, okay. I, power, I, power wrestling. He's just a bad motherfucker all over. 
I, I don't disagree. I don't disagree. I, I think that Cody's going to get back on track. Um, I think that there's been a lot of distractions. I think he kind of let a little bit of his emotional side get the better of him. And I personally think that we're going to see a more improved Cody. So I think Cody will have the title at least by the end of the year. That's, I just think that there's this is a stepping stone for a very young fighter. And I think that the emotional side of it is going to learn that you can't always be that way out and, you know, get the victories, you know, you know, emotions good at certain points, but you have to learn how to control it, not let it control you. Um, but I, I will go with Cody for the end of the year. Um, you know, what's crazy this time last year, we were talking about Cody potentially fighting against Conor McGregor at 145. Just to throw that out there, people don't remember. At the back end of last year, that was a fight that was getting spoken about for the mm-hmm. beginning, middle of, um, of 2017. Um, Max Holloway, do you think, Brad, that he will retain his title until the end of 2018? Yeah, I, I don't see Holloway getting beaten at 145 for as long as he wants to stay there. Unless, you know, someone super special ends up coming through. I know there's a few a few guys looking okay coming through, but I think if Holloway's going to get beat in the next few years, it's going to be a lightweight. I don't see him getting beat at 145. Uh, hopefully we get this UFC Hawaii. That'd be awesome. Um, and he picks up maybe, you know, two or three big wins next year. And then he can sort of get into that big, you know, crazy super fight money at 155. What do you think, Eddie, what we're rolling with on the Holloway? Oh, man, the 145 division is not as stacked as you would think. Plus, Holloway's kind of taking whoever comes up, right? Aldo twice, try to get the uh, – uh, who's supposed to fight before Edgar. Aldo jumped in? Huh? Edgar. Frankie Edgar. Yeah, yeah, Frankie Edgar's still in there. I don't think he's on the same level. I think – here's the thing about 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 uh, um, Max Holloway. You guys tell me if you guys agree. I think the guy is so good at adapting to anything and everything <laughs> that I just don't see anybody having all the tools necessary – or even like a Ronda Rousey type that has this, that's really good at this one thing that could give him too many problems. I mean, we saw him take on the best featherweight in USC history twice and make him look like just a, 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 like a maybe a top 15, top 10 guy. You know what I mean? Uh, he once. He's going to fight Conor again. That's true. Yeah. But you know what, though? I think that, fight's, I think that's, that fight is coming end of this year, honestly. I think if uh, if Connor was able to defend, he should be able to. I think we'll see at 155. We're not gonna say 145, but I think we'll see Connor Holloway at 155. And I'm really, I'm really eager to see that fight, especially with all the with the uh, healthy Connor and and and, uh, and Max Holloway with all the improvements that he's made. You know what I mean, and that potential. He's a young cat, dude. I mean, I don't even care who would win. I just want to see that fight because that would be insane. I'm gonna say this one. I love Max Holloway and. I think that his next fight will probably be against Frankie Edgar and he gets the win. But I will say this. I personally believe that, and I'm going to put my neck out there because I'm, I'm really high in this kid and I was high in him for the past year and a half. Mm-hmm. I do think that Brian Ortega will be the champion by 2018's end. I think that people are overlooking him because there's there seems to be this thing of like, he kind of gets the victory and he moves along. He, he doesn't really put himself too far out there. But if you notice in a lot of his fights, he finds a way to win. And there's two major things with Holloway that I think that will benefit Ortega. Holloway likes to go for the kill once it goes on the ground. He also gets in close a lot. We've seen these two aspects against Brian Ortega lead to the downfall of his opponents. He will not be able to climb on top of um, Brian Ortega the way that he did Jose Aldo. 
that is not going to happen. We've also seen if you get too close and you clinch up alongside Ryan Ortega, he can still find a submission stood up. And that he's a rangy fighter also, and he does have an ability to knock you out out of nowhere. You know, I I think he can take a good shot as well. Can he take a shot from Holloway? Maybe, maybe not. But we'll soon find out because we know that he's going to get hit is Ortega. Um, it's going to take, like, to, to beat Holloway, it's going to take a really good kicker, um, someone who can stop his movement. Um, and I think that's what that division is kind of lacking at the moment. I mean, you would have thought if anyone could do it, but, you know, do you know what I mean? If Aldo can't get it going on him, uh, I think that's that's where, even at 155, Connor would probably have success against Holloway with the kicks to the body, just keeping him out of um, out boxing range. I agree with you. I, I think the, the the division that he's in currently, Holloway has a very good presence for. He's a big guy in in you know small man's division per se, like Connor was. Um, I, I think he's an amazing fighter, and he's gone from strength to strength. I hope everything goes further, further forward for him. I just, I don't know. I've just got a real belief that Ortega just seems to be able to get the win. He he consistently finds a way to win, whether he be in dark waters or if he's dominating the fight. He still finds a way to win, whether it be by strikes or by submission. And that's a very dangerous thing because you don't know if you're going to get caught with something because he's not really a striker, but he can knock you out. Like, we've seen it. And also, you don't want to get too close because you could get subbed. And he's just one of those things that I think that I personally believe that Ortega will have that belt over his shoulder by the end of 2018. Um, And then I think we'll see Holloway move up to 155 because he keeps on growing. And I think he'd be a good addition. I don't think he gets above top five once he gets into that division though I personally think there's a lot of fighters that will give him a hell of a lot of trouble at 155 um, I'm going to start the 155 one so Eddie can get really angry <clears throat> so Connor <laughs> help him Connor will not be the champion by the end of 2018 reason being he'll probably have one fight and then he will retire whether he wins or loses, regardless, he will not be in the UFC, in my opinion, by the end of 2018. So, therefore, he will not be the champion. I'm not going to get high on Khabib like everybody else is because everybody's on that train of calling him this, that, and the other because he had a, a, a decent performance against Barbosa. What he did, I 100% agree with a lot of people. He dominated. But for me, I think... Barbosa, instead of trying to solve the problem, was just trying to survive. And, you know, throwing all those kicks, throwing all those kicks, throwing all those kicks, guess what? You're going to get taken down. And he should have been a little bit more patient for my liking than he was. And I was slightly disappointed in that he was purely just kind of trying to whip in leg kicks, whip in leg kicks. And it was like, you are not going to get the win off a few leg kicks in the first round. It's just not going to happen. And I was a bit disappointed that he wasn't able to work his timing better. I believe that Tony Ferguson will be the champion um, by the end of 2018, slash if he bumps up, if he never gets to fight against Connor. I'm going to go with Tony Ferguson to the end. I do not believe that Connor will be the champion by 2018 because I don't think he'll even be in the UFC by the end of 2018. Brad, what do you? Uh, what's your predictions for one fifty five? I really struggle with this one. Um, I don't think Connor will be beaten 
in uh, 2018, and and that's that goes for if he fights uh, Khabib or if he fights Ferguson. And the thing for me is, the UFC have to do the Ferguson fight first. <laughs> like they, they, if Ferguson is healthy and McGregor wants to fight, they can't cue jump Khabib because they, they, it, it just makes no sense. Even by the UFC's ridiculous standards, you can't have an interim champion who's healthy fighting someone else <laughs> and a champion is healthy fighting another contender. It doesn't make sense. So let's assume that everyone stays healthy and everyone wants to fight. I think McGregor uh, beats Ferguson. I don't think Ferguson gives him too much trouble at all. Um, but then I think he, he uh, drops the belt and fights Diaz at welterweight and then retires. Ooh, interesting. Uh, I, and and I, I, I kind of, I, I expect if, if that does happen, there's going to be a firestorm of Yudok Khabib, but I really don't think Conor cares because he's going to laugh all the way to the bank. It's going to, if anything, make him more of a bad guy and make even more people want to watch Nate Diaz smash him. He'll take the biggest payday of his UFC career against Diaz and then walk away and you know, maybe box in 2019 or, or just give it up. Uh, but yeah, I, I, don't, I don't see Conor getting beat. I think he, he, he ends the year with his belt. I agree with you as far as like the him walking away because he has fuck you money. Uh, Eddie, what are you going to say, man? Go with the fire because I know you've been dying. No, nah, he, he has fuck you money. You said it exactly like that. He has fuck you money. <clears throat> Joe Rogan always talks about fuck you money, right? Which, by the way, he's going to go live with Jimmy Smith in a little bit, I think, which I think we all know what that announcement is going to be. So, uh, yeah, one, Jimmy Smith is the UFC. Two, Rogan's done in August. I'm telling you right now, it's going to happen. Yeah. But, um, yeah, which, which, by the way, fair enough. It's, it's good shit. Um, fuck you money makes you very powerful because it gives you all the leverage. When you fight Floyd Mayweather, you make a hundred plus million in your bank, just sitting at home. You can tell they, you could tell, literally tell Dana White to go fuck himself twice, right in the face. No one cares, right? And he can't say shit to you because you know what I mean you're his biggest draw. Conor McGregor will not fight at one fifty five ever again. My prediction. He will, however, do the Nate Diaz trilogy because his ego is going to be, you know, trying to get that W. Plus, okay, yeah, Khabib could say all he wants about how many people are in Russia, how many people are in Ireland. Yeah, he doesn't. It is, they're not paying for that fight. You know what I mean, it'll be more about you know Nate. People will be watching, want to watch Nate Diaz against Connor. Can Nate sum him again or, or finish him again? You know, will Connor win by points again or be able to actually finish Nate this time? That's there's a lot of questions in that trilogy. Plus, it's a fucking trilogy. You got to finish that shit. So my prediction is no, he will not be. He will not defend. Um, he will drop the belt or not even drop. Just just make the UFC strip him of it. And uh, and he'll uh, uh, fight Nate Diaz probably like mid throughout the through the year. And then send out like that for real. Thanks for the cheese tweet that he sent you know a couple years ago, whenever it was. Yeah. Just send that tweet out. It'll be for real. And uh, and we'll see Tony Ferguson against Khabib, and Khabib will smoke him. Um, and 100%. I think he'll he'll smoke him. It'll be takedown. It'll be ugly. It'll be like you know what they said of his belt. You know this. Just tap. You know what I mean? That's like he did with fucking Michael Johnson. Um, I think that's what we're coming to. Uh, to the to the to the the Khabib era. Here's the shitty part: is that he won't be like a DC, but he'll be like a DC. In which he's not a real champion because he didn't beat the champion. The champion just decided to to uh, to retire, if, if you know, or to you know do something else. The thing is, there are going to be those people that that go, oh, you know, he fucking duck, he duck Khabib, he duck Khabib. You can't say that Connor really ducks too many people. You know what I mean? Because he did fight Nate, he did lose to Nate, and he did want to fight him again. You know what I mean? There's a lot of guys that don't want to fight against the guy that finished him in the way, especially the way Nate finished him and put a beating on him and then embarrassed him, right? Um, 
A lot of guys and don't have. He didn't have to do it welterweight. He, he didn't have to be. Exactly. You know what I mean? I think the fact that, that you can't call him a coward, you can't, first of all, you can't call anyone against that coward. But you can't call him a coward, you can't say he duck, he's ducking anybody. He's just a businessman at this point. Jay-Z has this, this lyric in his songs, right? He goes, I'm not a businessman. I'm a business man, right? Conor McGregor is a business, and he's going to do what's best for Conor McGregor and his family. Because you remember all the, you, fuck, we've all seen the videos and all the YouTube clips and all that from early on. He wants to get in, come in, make money, take care of his family for generations, and get the fuck out. And if you don't believe that that's what this man's going to do, then you need to just pay attention to what he's done so far. Because everything he said he's going to do, he did. And that is just the next, that's literally the next, the, the next uh, little checklist, you know, little spot in his checklist is retire with a bunch of cheese and get the fuck out of the game before I, you know, before I'm just engaging. This is the thing, man. Like, it, it, it really, like, I understand from a fan's point of view, like, people saying, oh, uh, you know, defend or vacate. Because if, if, if you're just a fan of MMA, then the only stake you have is wanting to see your favorite fighters and you want to see your champions fight and you want to see the belt defended. That's fair enough. But like, I see people who, like, you know, media people and people like in the industry saying, oh, defend or vacate. It's like, Conor McGregor is a prize fighter, yeah? So he gets paid to hit people and hopefully not get as hit as much himself. So he's doing himself and his family a disservice if he's not making the most money for the least amount of work. And that's what he's always done. But at the same time, he's always gone for the toughest challenges. Like, you know, people say this thing like, oh, Conor McGregor doesn't defend titles. Well, in the last, like, five months he was at Cage Warriors, he had two title defenses uh, that didn't come off through no fault of his own. He got, like, a skull fracture um, for his uh, his first featherweight title defense against Jim Allers. And then Jim Allers pulled out of the... Uh, that was rearranged for New Year's Eve just before he signed with the UFC. Jim Allen was pulled out with an injury. And then he comes to the UFC. He steams his way to the featherweight belt, smashes Jose Aldo, moves up to fight Rafael Dos Anjos. Dos Anjos fucking pulls out the fight. It's like, well, he, he's, he's, he's hardly like fucking avoiding defending his title because he's taking easier opponents elsewhere. And he he's constantly Alvarez as well. He fights a fucking welterweight. And like Eddie said, he gets beat by the welterweight fights the welterweight again straight away it's like you, you can't you can't say this guy's running from anything man I will say this as well there are other people in the media who take shots uh, uh, Conor McGregor and paint this picture of the Devendor vacate well I'm just going to say this a lot of your clickbait articles wouldn't be doing so well if you talked about anybody else defending or vacating as well as they do Conor McGregor so Shit. all of the people wishing him away bite your tongues because when that time comes, your website, your sponsors, whoo, it's going to be a dark, dark day when that guy goes because you're talking probably about 40% of your view count, maybe even more, is going to go down on your website. So let's not forget that. Shit. I'll take it a step further. When I, when, I was like, um, when I was like writing like for a living, when I was like covering the sport, doing the news beat and everything, that was like, um, like Brock Lesnar era, like 2010. Mm-hmm. Um, and when Brock Lesnar fucked off, website traffic disappeared yeah. like literally disappeared like it, I, I could you know i could write yeah you know, i could spend like two weeks researching an amazing article you know put a two thousand word um editorial up there absolutely pour my heart into it if i put like brock lesnar says he wants to fuck up shane carwin it gets like 10 times the amount of views that's just the way it is man and what like you say mate it's like uh it's gonna be dark days for a while when Conor disappears we've got no rousey yeah. anymore 
got no Brock Lesnar anymore. Who else? Who's the superstar? John Jones is off doing his thing. I think I know one guy who can save the UFC, and he's in the welterweight division. The champion, Tyron Woodley, <laughs> Mister <laughs> Personality. Um, I personally think that unless a miracle happens, I can't see anybody in that division realistically taking that belt from him. I really don't. I, I think it's too early for Darren Till. I, I don't want them to bum rush him up just to be one of those guys that that gets kind of taken advantage of. Um, I don't think Dos Anjos can beat him because I think that if he gets hit by Woodley, it's going to fucking knock his head off. Um, and I think Woodley's got incredibly good wrestling. Um, I don't think Thompson can get the win. I don't think. I think Colby's highly overrated. I think Lawler's at the end of it. Maya couldn't do it. Masvidal ain't getting a sniff. Till's going to be on the move, so I think he's going to work his way up. Um, yeah, I, I'm going to go with Woodley to retain by the end of the year. Uh, what are you saying, Eddie? Um, we're talking World War II, right? Well, to wait, yes. Okay, yeah. Uh, real quick, real quick on the media thing. Defender vacate. Fair enough. Connor will do that. If you motherfuckers start putting your names on that on that newswire shit when you write like, some clickbaity bullshit that you don't want to get shit for on Twitter, yeah, put your name on that. Then we'll talk about defender vacate, little bitch. Until then, shut the fuck up. Um, <laughs> I'm serious. That shit pisses me the fuck off, man. You can't. I'm calling for this. I'm 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 someone so little writer from whatever fucking town you're from. Great, good enough. Keep it, you know, keep it, keep it going. It's good shit. But I'm calling for this guy to do this, and I'm calling for this guy to do that. Okay, put your name on your bullshit. Okay? When you do that, we can talk. All right? Um, well, uh, dude, I'm with you. I mean, who's going to be Tyron Woodley? Kobe Covington is just yabby, 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 because he wants to talk to his way to a title shot. Uh, you know, I love Chael Sonnen. I mean, that's so Chael Sonnen talking yourself into a title shot. Now, look, fair enough. He's just annoying the fuck out of me, really. Um, and, and, you know, he got a boomerang for it. But um, <laughs> as far as, like, Tyron Woodley losing to anybody. I mean, is there anybody that's been closer to GSP than this guy in terms of not being able to be beaten, really? Not in terms of skill. In terms of just fighting to not lose and being goddamn successful at it? There's nobody else like that. You know what I mean? I'm not saying GSP and Tyron Woodley are on the same the same level. Hell no. No. At the, at the heights of their careers, no way. But they're both very good at not losing. <laughs> I mean, at fighting to not lose. They're not fighting to win. So, Tyron Woodley, I mean, Colby Covington is going to get probably, you know, beat pretty good by Tyron Woodley. Um, I don't know who else to get throw in there with him. I mean, he was begging for Nick. He was begging for Nate. He was begging for, for uh, Michael Basping a while ago. At this point, the guy just wants to get paid, but I just don't see anybody beating him. I'm hoping Darren Till gets a title shot, not this year, but at the very earliest, at the end of this year, after like one or two really good fights, really good wins for him. Because again, I'm, I'm not a fan of people getting rushed into a superstardom. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, settle down. Let the guy build. Let the guy get a little older, more experienced. And you got a legit bona fide superstar. Um, but I don't want to see Darren Till in there for the title any sooner than, like, November, December after a couple really good fights, honestly. But, uh, no, Tyron Woodley will probably be your, your champion at the end of the year. What are you saying, Brad? Yeah, I think so. I think how it's going to go down is um, I think, like, that that Covington fight is going to get booked and Covington's going to say something slightly racist and it's all going to go off. And there's going to be, we're going to get like four months of drama over that. Um, and then Woodley smashes into bits. Um, maybe not like, you know, like a, a proper brutal finish or anything, but just really sticks it to him for five rounds. You know, pretty, pretty much like Chelsea and went out in a lot of his fights, just mm-hmm. just takes a nice good old beat down, uh, but makes it entertaining in the build up for all the wrong reasons. Um, 
And I think, yeah, maybe maybe he gets that GSP fight in like November or something. Um, and I think he beats GSP as well. Fuck GSP. They're going to be so desperate next year for stars. Like, you know, let's, let's assume that McGregor fights once. Um, and let's assume that Rousey doesn't fight at all and that Jones probably doesn't fight at all. They're going to have to throw the money at GSP and they're going to have to do like a big Montreal or something. Um, but I don't see him being Woodley. Like, you know, he, he got through Bisping, but I it's, that's Bisping. It's a different animal. Yeah, I now, agree. Real quick, I just saw that uh, that golden ticket knockout. <laughs> it, it looked like one guy was – you ever seen the video on YouTube where the kids are like, what are those? It looked like one guy was going, what are those? It's like, shoot, bitch. Bah! Like, it was just goddamn <laughs> rude. And then the other one, the other one that kid fucking like goes down, like he's like stretching, he's like stretching his hamstrings, and one leg comes up, boop, that's it. So no, those were legit as fuck. Those are sick knockouts, Brad. Um, yeah, dude. But uh, as far as the welterweight division, I mean, if you get GSP Tyron Woodley, that's just a desperate fight. That may be worse than the Wonder Boy fights. Oh, dude, that that they would just stand in front of each other and just start flinching for like a round and a half. Before someone fucks up, that's something stupid. Or they, they, I mean, imagine this: they both shoot for takedowns, just headbutt, knock each other out. Would, would that be kind of like the? Um, oh crap! I'm forgetting the guy's name. Um, can you remember when it was one of one of the fight nights? Um, the Matt Sarah guy, um, he gets hit with the body shot. He flinches. He turns around. Looks like he's about to get fucking. Oh flat, yeah. And he so. fucking cross. Mm-hmm. It, it'll be one of those where like whoever gets up first. It'll be like a it'll be like a last man standing WWE. Whoever makes that ten <laughs> count wins. I'm just throwing that out there. Don't uh call me on that. Uh but yeah, <laughs> middleweight, Robert Whitaker. Obviously he's fighting against Luke Cold um in I think it's in Perth, isn't it? In uh, UFC two twenty one. Yeah. Um, but do you believe that Robert Whitaker will be able to retain his title until the end of the year, Brad? Yeah, I think so. Um I think he beats Rock Cold. I think he just outpaces him, outworks him. Um, and then I, I'm guessing it's going to be like, I mean, well, who, who else is it? Like Romero or Jackery again? Um, may, maybe Gastelum, if Gastelum can can get another win or two. I don't know. I, I, I think it's one of those divisions again where it's, it's really like a transitional period. Um, obviously, GSP is not going to fight in middleweight again. Um, you've got what Uriah Hall versus Belfort coming up. I can't see them challenging for a title this year. So, um, I think it's, it's going to be Romero or Jacare again um, getting the title shot uh, by the end of the year, and, and I think Whitaker smashes him. I, I think he smashes everyone in that division. What are you saying, Eddie? All right, if he gets past Luke Rockhold, he's the champion of the, the year. Here's the thing: I'm not as low on Luke Rockhold as a lot of people are. I think he has an attitude fucking problem. You know what I mean? Uh, but I think when he's like on his shit and he's like fo- super focused and ready to go, like he has been in other, especially in the Strike Force fights, he seems way more motivated in Strike Force than he is at in any of his UFC fights. But especially, I mean, I always tell Ash, I always tell you about this shit, man. When he fought Michael Bisping, comes in like, oh, it's a waste. I can't believe they're making me do this. He was like that. He's like, I can't believe my parents are making me do the dishes. This is such bullshit. He has that fucking attitude. And Michael Bisping's like, all right, well, he's a dish in your face, bitch. Pop, knocked out, right? So <laughs> if Luke Rockhold can get his head out of his ass, Put it back in Demi Lovato. Go for it. I don't give a shit. But out of your own ass, you'll be fine. I think he beats Robert Whitaker. That being said, I don't think he does that. I think he's coming with the same shit, shit stink attitude. And good for Robert Whitaker. I'm a big Robert Whitaker fan. That kid's a bad motherfucker. He had no business at 170 ever. You know what I mean? I think 185 is the perfect division. If it was like a 175 division, I would love to see him there. Or even at 180. Okay. 
but unfortunately, he, he's just a tiny bit undersized at 185. But I think that it won't matter. A kid with his kind of attitude, his kind of uh, work ethic, and his power, especially. I mean, the dude's got mad power. He's got he's got timing. He's got speed. He's got a lot of things you would want in a 185er. And he's still getting older, still learning. So, um, yeah, I think he's going to beat Rockhold. I don't know if it'll be a finisher now, but I know he's going to beat Rockhold, and I think he he keeps it through the end of the year. I mean, Romero's older, uh, Dracaray's older, and he's beat both, right? Who else has yeah. that resume, by the way? Who has that resume? You beat the fucking Dracaray Salsa and Yo Romero. God damn. I'm going to go with the controversy here. All right, here we go. <laughs> what, Connor's going to blow up to 185 and knock out Robert Whitaker? <laughs> Obviously. Obviously. Oh, Nick Diaz is cool. No, you know my guy. Um, oh, hell yeah. <laughs> Nick Diaz by the end of the year. Um, with Artem Lobov on his shoulders with a trench coat wrapped around him. He's not a oh, fucking Megazord. He's not like from Power Rangers. He's not just a flat <laughs> from State Blast Gym. What are we talking Whatever, about? bro. Hey, he fought a heavyweight in fucking UFC 202, all right? He's three right. times bigger than him. I'm, I'm going to say this. I'm going to make the big ball prediction, and this is based on one reason, which I'm going to prelude to. I think that Robert Whitaker will not be the champion by the end of 2018. I'm going to put my chips on one guy in Paulo Costa being the oh, champion yeah. by the end of the year for one reason. You look at that division, and there is a lot of old people that are at the tailor end of their career. There is a lot of people in that division that get hit very easily. and We've seen that Costa just fucking murks folk. I'm going with Costa to get the title shot by the end of the year, and by any means, whoever is at the end, that person is getting flatlined. And I'm putting my money on Costa to be the champion by the end of the year. And I really like that fight between Whitaker and Costa because both of them are going to keep it stood up. And I would not want to be... I would not want to be Whitaker. I, I, I think that he has great technique, he has great boxing, but a part of me just worries that it will be too little to deal with the power and the technique that Costa has. So I'm going to go with Costa to be the champion by the end of the year, and I'm going to say that Robert Whitaker will not be the champion by the end of the year. Whether he loses it before, maybe. But I think he gets the win over Rockhold. I think that he's on a nice run. I think that the last fight might be a little bit more of a confidence boost um, and an ego boost, and I don't think it'll be the best thing for Luke Rockhold going forward because I think that he needed a tougher fight if he's going to go and face against Whitaker next. So, and that's, that's fair it. enough. Actually, I'm I'm not. I, I mean, I would never say that that's not going to happen because um, I forgot all about Costa. The one thing, the two things I think that can stop this dude, or, 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 or well, two things obviously. This I don't know if Costa's ready, mature wise, maturity wise, to face a champion. Um, because this, I, mean, I hate the saying there's, okay, I don't mind the saying there's levels to this shit, but I hate when people say it in the, like a dick tone, but like there's levels to this shit. So you know, yeah, a, 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 a lot of it, you know what I mean? How do you level up in like video games, for example, experience points in most video games, you need experience. This kidney, I think needs a little more experience before he's able to challenge uh, Whitaker for the title. Um, that being said, man, that, that Costa kid, if he could just keep dodging Lusada, like a fucking like yeah. like a, like like a, like a like a Las Vegas hooker, like a Las Vegas hooker avoiding STDs. He could just keep just dodging Usada like the goddamn Matrix. We're gonna have an, an insane. We could possibly have an insane champion at some point. I'm gonna like, throw this out to you really quick. Just think of these names that are above him in the rankings that probably won't be there by the end of this year. Maybe okay. even the middle of this year. The Machida won't be there by the end of this no. year. Vito Belfort won't be there at the end mm-hmm. of this year. Branch will probably end up getting out of those top fifteen rankings. 
by the end of this next year. And the Silva probably by the end of this year. Michael Bisbon by the end of this year. Chris sure. Wilder will probably move up to 205. And then don't forget that GSP is fourth in those rankings. So you're talking about near enough half of the division that won't even be in this division by the end of this year. Right. That puts the UFC in a position where they can go, hey, yo, this Costa kid is knocking out everybody. Let's give him a shot. I, I think... I think he'll fight. Yeah, I'm gonna fight in two of those guys. I think he'll fight David Branch next after David Branch gets beat by whoever the fuck he's gonna get beat by next. Um, uh, I think because David Branch, they'll give him a chance to stay one more. I don't know why they would, but they will. And uh, and Chris Weidman's gonna stay trying to stick around 185 to keep that size advantage. He'll take the Paula fight. He'll yeah. take that Paula fight, and Paula will fuck him up. Okay, because he's, he's like you said, he's age. It's, it's age. It's 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 you know damage to his body and his head, right? Really, but that cut to 185 for him is not a joke. That shit sucks. So, um, I think you're right. You know, it, it's uh, yeah. A lot of those guys won't be there anymore. So that's a good point. But I think he'll end up fighting two of those guys this year. I think. You know, what I would have said um, if he'd not gone to Bellator, that Gegard Mousasi would be champ in 2018. Oh, that would have been insane, especially with the devil middle fingers at the weigh-ins all the time. I would love that. He's got the belt. Like fuck you guys. <laughs> be the shit. I'm gonna roll with the next one now because I'm gonna make my prediction for. Um... Light heavyweight. Here we go. DC will probably not be the champion by the end of this year. For one reason. He's going to fight Ozdemir. Mm-hmm. going to get knocked out by Ozdemir. Mm-hmm. Ozdemir's going to jail. DC's getting the title back. And then DC's <laughs> probably... Then DC... DC is probably going to retire because let's be honest realistically there is nobody else for him to beat and the only other fight for him is Gustafsson because it was a close fight I don't think he takes that fight I think that he's done with the sport I think he's had enough you know he even turned around and said I was considering going back up to heavyweight but screw fighting against uh, Stipe Miocic and Francis Ngannou yeah fuck that so he's retiring by the end of the year so I don't think he'll be the champion Um, I'm going to go with Gustafsson to be the champion by the end of this year well, Gustafsson? Yeah, because I, I think that, bear in mind, I don't believe that DC will be here by the end of this year. Good, good. That's a good point. Yeah, you're right, you're right. Gustafsson is kind of like one of those guys who, you could always, he's, he's like the bridesmaid, never the bride. Man, they're going to call that dude the fucking paper champ too. I feel bad for Gustafsson already. I don't already. think they will because I think a lot of people like Gustafsson because he goes forward. Yeah, and they, 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 they like him. Bad. They like so, him, but if you never... Yeah, but he never, he never beat John Jones. Even though I think he did, but the scorecard said he didn't. I don't think he did. I don't think he won that fight. But I... No, but, but regardless, look, the scorecard said no, yeah. right? He didn't beat DC, even though I think he did. And the scorecards once again said no. Um, so no, he didn't beat the champion. So he'll, they, won't, they won't be mean about it. They'll just be like, I never beat the champion. But whatever. He's, 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 he's our guy now. That's a good point. Yeah, I think he's just going to be that guy. Uh, what are you rolling with, Brad? What do you think is going to happen in the light? Uh, I, think, I think he beats uh, Ozdemir. Uh, and then I think he has one last run at heavyweight and retires. And when I say like one last run at heavyweight, I think he he fights once. So whether it's Ngani, whether it's Miocic, I think he fights once and win or lose, retires. Um, I know he's, he's said about like not fighting them, but I think what you have to understand about that as well is that when he said that, he was doing his job as, an, uh, as a mm-hmm. UFC analyst. And he was trying to sell the fuck out of those guys. And, and he does it all the time, man. You know, He says it about the light heavyweights as well. Um, you know, he puts people over. He's done it. He's done it with uh, Khabib this week. You know, someone said, "Oh, who, who wins in the grappling match out of you, Khabib?" And he said, "Oh, Khabib." 
He's yeah. 60 pounds heavier. He's going he's, he's gonna to throw Khabib around. It might be fun to watch, but you know, he's not losing a wrestling match to Khabib. Um, he's, he's, he's a great analyst and, and a great co-commentator and you know, he's putting these guys over. I think he doesn't beat Miocic. I think he's got a better chance of beating Ngannou. Um, not to say that he would, but I think it's, that's probably the better fight for him. But yeah, so I'm going to say he, uh, he beats Ozdemir. Um, he has a run at heavyweight, so he won't end the year with the light heavyweight title. I will say this. I strongly, strongly think that if he's going to fight at heavyweight, he's going to have one fight and it's going to be against Mark Hunt because that's the only fight where you realistically go, I could see that fight happening. And the other thing, there's no way on God's green earth Mark Hunt can accuse DC of being on steroids. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying there's no way on God's green earth. Um, Eddie, give me your predictions for the light heavyweight, sir. I'm with you guys. DC will not be the champion at the end of the year because um, I think he's going to beat Ozdemir and then retire. Uh, 38 years old, almost 39. Uh, you know, from again, the weight cuts get him too. All right, we're talking about a guy that legitimately made a video making fun about the fact that he eats donuts and chicken. Okay, and and, and fried chicken. All right, that's not a fucking joke. That dude eats, uh, like, you know, not as much as he used to off of, uh, you know, at a camp. But um, regardless, the, the cut gets to him. He's fought enough guys. He's going to defend his belt one more time, or you know, depending on how you look at it for the first time. And then, um, you know, because people out there will say that. And, uh, you know, call it it. I mean, that's it. What was that, UFC 220, right? Um, yeah, it's the... January. Yeah, yeah. So he'll, 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 you know, he'll, he'll win that fight, and then he'll tearfully uh, retire. Um, you know, so thanks to his wife and his, and his training partners, and Kane will be there. I'll be hugging and shit, and, and, and Javier Mendez. Daisy Chain in the middle of the ring, guys. Daisy Chain in the middle of the <laughs> there ring. There you go. The Daisy Chain <laughs> in the middle of the cage and all that. <laughs> And, uh, and it'll be over. And I think he'll just ride off. And there'll be a lot of people that give him shit, whatever. But, you know, history history books will still say that DC was champion for quite a while. Deserved or not, you know, he did take an L to John Jones twice. But, uh, you know, only us hardcores will ever, ever even give a shit about that, unfortunately. so Tainted, tainted in my opinion. But nonetheless, yeah. heavyweight, I think this, for me, I think the it's the toughest out of all of them because of the next fight that's going to happen, obviously, mm-hmm. is and Francis Ngannou. I'm not going to go too overboard with the hype train because um, we know that Stipe has good wrestling, he has good technique, he has good movement, he's fluid. Um, the The key thing for me is he has to use his movement and he has to use his wrestling. Will that be enough, though? Um, this is the hardest one for me. I'm personally... I have to, I have to go with Francis Ngannou because of the the personality and the way that he believes within himself. Stipe even turned around and said, "Are you scared?" Uh, somebody said, um, "Are you scared of fighting against Francis Ngannou?" And he went, "Well, fuck yeah, look at him! Like, do you know what I mean?" Like, and a part of me just kind of goes because he's you know a man's man, a common man. You know, I don't know if. He's doing this and he's doing it because he's doing it and he enjoys it. But then now that there's going to be this added pressure, like Francis Ngannou, to me, he kind of thrives in this limelight. He kind of he wants to be a star. Whereas Stipe, I wonder if the the build up and the hype and they're really trying to build this as who is the baddest man on the planet. I think there'll be a lot of media involved with this fight. This is going to be Stipe's biggest fight. I, I, I can't see any other really being any bigger in that division for him. 
I worry that that's going to be too much and the, the freight train of uh, momentum is going to be too much for him also. I'm going to go with Francis Ngannou um, to win this fight. Just, just. But the thing is that worries me the most is if we do see Vadum versus Francis Ngannou, I worry that Vadum is too much when it comes to the grappling and on the ground and Francis Ngannou will not be able to handle it because he's such a big guy, stature-wise, that will be able to take him down. That is my only concern. I'm still going to go for Francis Ngannou to be the champion by the end of 2018. What are your thoughts, Brad? Um, I genuinely think is going to work him. I think he's going to um, survive that first round, um, start working really hard in the second. Um, if he can get him up on the fence, get that body lock from behind and just... Use go back to the wrestling uh, and and just try try and get that kind of rhythm that he got going against Mark. And, and I know Ngannou's, you know, he's much even though he's, he's he's sort of physically bigger than Hunt, he's much more light on his feet and um, a bit more spry than Hunt. But uh, I think all his muscles are going to start to count against him if Stipe can keep that pace up. Stipe will probably like TKO him in the third or the fourth. If that happens when they fight again in a year's time. I- I don't know, but I, I genuinely believe that Miocic is going to uh, really derail Francis and Garnu in, in this in this fight that's coming up. I think uh, the they were so desperate to get a challenger in there with Miocic. Um, I, I know, obviously, Garnu wanted to take the fight, but I, I think it's just too soon for him. They've rushed him into it. Um, I think he could have done with fighting a Mark Hunt or fighting a. Uh, Junior Dos Santos or, or someone along those lines, um, you know, maybe let Vadim and, and Miocic have uh, have a rematch first, and then Ngannou fights him. Uh, but I think it's going to be too much too soon for now. Um, if they were to get a rematch in like December, I might sort of say, well, yeah, maybe Ngannou ends the year with the belt. But I'm going to stick with Miocic for now. Credit. What are you thinking, Eddie? Here's the thing. There's not a lot of tape on Francis Ngannou. And the tape we do have of him is one submission win, fair enough, but against a guy who's not really known for his ground game. And then, you know, knockouts. So is he coming? His advantage right now is his mystique, right? That, oh, that Mike Tyson that I was talking about earlier, that Mike Tyson type style, you know, power. And, you know, you're not coming to watch a fight. You're coming to watch a funeral type of thing. Um, that's what he's got to his advantage right now. The disadvantage is that Stipe Miocic, doesn't give a fuck at all. You're talking about a guy that grew up in Ohio. You know what those guys get in the winter? A shitload of snow. You're not going to fuck with a person that has to deal with a shitload of snow every single year. All right. Here's the difference between someone from California and someone from that has to deal with the snow in the Eastern side. I know, I know you guys do too. Um, but somebody had to shovel snow from the fucking age of five, probably every single winter or somebody from like California. And I'm saying Francis from California. I'm not making a comparison to these two. Okay, but in California, it's like, oh, no, it's cold. Uh, it's warm now. You know what I mean? You hit a button, it's warm. In Ohio, in places like that, it's like, fuck, it's cold. Start a fire, this shit sucks. You know what I mean? And it, you got to deal with that shit. So, and, and that's kind of jokingly, but I think there's something to, you know, that kind of, like, uh, uh, grow up. Just like uh, uh, that kind of, uh, bro, you know, how you grow up. But just like Ash was saying, he's a man's man. He's, you know, blue collar. Go still, is he still a firefighter, even though he's heavyweight champion of the world? Probably has enough money to not do that job anymore. Still does it. And so I think we're talking about a guy who is not intimidated. He doesn't get intimidated. He deals with life and death, uh, life and death stuff probably all the time. 
Okay, so you're not going to scare that guy with a big dude that, that just knocks him out. That's a man that attacks something. And people, I've heard people call Stephen Miocic simple and dumb. That can't be the that's the dumbest statement I ever heard. That's a smart fighter. Look at how he fought uh, uh, Junior Dos Santos the first time in Phoenix, like two three years ago, whenever it was. All right, he should have won that fight. JDS got a got a gimme in that one. He fought JDS like, yeah, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna play, you know, you know, punching, you know, face punching. But then they get in a first face punching competition with one of the hardest hitter, you know, hitters in heavyweight. That's the fight you gotta look at, by the way, to see what he's gonna do with Ngana. Okay, that's the fight, in my opinion. Okay, and then he fights for Doom. He's not afraid of Verdum in his own backyard. He's like, fuck it, I'm, I'm gonna fuck you up. Oh, we lost that day. Is that that? Are you there, Brad? I am here. Um, yo, we just lost Eddie, guys. Um, yeah. I'll pick. I'll pick up Eddie's thread to be honest, because I, I kind of. I it was kind of making me think what he was saying, in the like. Like yeah, Miocic like obviously he, he doesn't give a fuck. He's not really get intimidated, and I think we've seen like if you look through history, guys who've not been intimidated by someone's aura have often done quite well, like. You know, we saw Dan Henderson smash Vandalay Silva when he was at the absolute height of his powers wrecking people. Um, and, and, you know, we saw Conor McGregor go through Jose Aldo when, when Aldo was the best fighter in the world purely because he wasn't getting intimidated. But I wonder with Miocic, like, does he want it as much as Ngannou? Like, do you know what I mean? Ngannou is like, you know, he's had this incredible story where he's come from absolutely nothing. And if this doesn't work out for him, what else is he going to do with his life? This doesn't work out for Miocic. He's he's got his career, you know. He's that's he's got a life that he can go back to, and something else that obviously he must get a lot of pride out of, and um, something which you know defines him as a person. He's, he's, he saves people's lives every day. Um, you know, and Garni's come from nothing. He's had that sort of rocky moment. <clears throat> if somebody takes that all away from him, he, he's all of a sudden back to nothing. So I wonder maybe. If it comes, if it comes down to the fact that they are perhaps physically matched, doesn't Garnie just maybe want it that little bit more? I'll say this just to kind of add on to that because I remember this time last year, I was um, heavily saying that I don't think Cody was ready, Cody Garbrandt, to face Dominic Cruz. Dominic Cruz being the calmer, collective, more guy, and I thought they they rushed Cody because of his look and everything else. The same thing as we're doing right now with Garnie. And I personally thought that he was going to get ransacked. I thought that he was going to get picked apart by Dominic Cruz. Um, the movement, the good boxing, and I was completely and utterly wrong. I just worried that Stipe's lack of enthusiasm and maybe overlooking Ngannou, like, I can, I can take this kid. Like, I, I know how to beat him. Like, I know how to beat him. Sometimes it's all good and well. But as you make them steps and you evolve as a fighter, we've seen Ngannou improve every fight that he's gone on against steadily better opponents. And that is one of the reasons why this is so back and forth for me when I have to pick between the two. A part of me hopes that Stipe gets the W because I think he's like a champion champion. But then a part of me wants Ngannou to win because I think to myself, We've got a monster on his hands here, and then we've got something that we can be excited for whenever that name is talked about for a future card. Um, 
With that same thing said, we'll move on to... Um, Wait, let me let me finish up, because here's what happened. Friends in Ganu hired a hacker and fucked my shit out while I was talking. Right. <laughs> Steve is going to win. He's going to be champion at the end of the year. Yeah. Steve is going to be champion at the end of the year. Oh, God. 100%. Um, <laughs> he got Friends mad. He got mad. He can't just be a normal bully and come like fight me, which I would oh, never do. I know, right? Could you imagine him being so intimidated? Don't come um, to Arizona, bro. All right. Our gun laws are very lax. Don't fuck with us. I'm just kidding. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm playing. I'm playing. I'm playing. Oh, I'm going to clip that and tag that in every Ngannou post <laughs> for the next year. So he comes through and finds your ass. Uh, <laughs> the female featherweight championship. Is anybody going to take it outside? <laughs> or does Cyborg even remotely... Will she even be around? So I'm going to just... Make this quick and simple. Brad, go first. Eddie, go second. Let's go. That, because <laughs> there's like, what, two fighters in that division? And maybe Megan. Nah. I, Next question. I got you. I got you. I got you. There will be a champion. It won't be Cyborg. Cyborg will end up getting pissed off if she can't get a fight because no one wants to fight her. She'll leave, and then Beth Cohea will move up. And because no one wants to, because Megan Anderson won't want to fight either, Megan just stays in Invicta. Beth Cohea, just, just default 145 champion. <laughs> I finally did it, Brazil, love me. And in the background, Ronda, Ronda. <laughs> anyway. Do you think Jermaine no, will come no. back and fight Beth Cohea at 145? I'm just throwing it out there, bro. I hope not. I hope not. <laughs> no, no, dude, fuck that. I don't want to see Jermaine Duran and me fight anybody. Right, so anyway, moving swiftly on. Women's bantamweight. Amanda Nunes, will she be the champion by the end of 2018? Eddie. Oh shit! 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 Um, yes, <laughs> because who's gonna beat her? Honestly, honestly, um, I, I might be losing some names, but okay, Pena. First of all, Pena got armbarred by a Muay Thai chick. Well, she's um, pregnant, she ain't and she's and she's pregnant as fuck. So that's not happening. Uh, Shevchenko is moving to one twenty five. Um, although if they offered her that one thirty five rematch, please believe she takes that. Oh, uh, Holly. Holly, I think Holly's done, my opinion. I think she's not going to fight anymore, but who knows? Uh, and, and, I mean, who else? Who is there? Ronda's not coming back. Not to get her I'm face cracked again. She's going to fucking come back, and she's going to round by her every bitch left, right, and center. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. Oh, Jesus Christ, no. Um, and, and, and there's nobody else. I think Amanda Nunes is too good. And the fact that they haven't given her a fight, you know. I think Zingano will come back and get a title shot, mate. If she can get one win, I, I yeah. think they'll give Zingano a title shot. I would like that. I would like that fight, and I still think Nunes wins that fight in close margins. But she still wins that fight, so I think uh-huh. Nunes will still be. Yeah, she'll still be. She'll still be champion. I think. I'm. I'm gonna hope and pray that Shevchenko is the champion by the end of the year. Because yeah. personally, I thought she won that second fight. Um, it's one of those where I'm kind of like I'm not really excited to see who Nunes fights next because a part of me worries that she's turned into the kind of like female Tyron Woodley thing, where it's like she, she fights not to lose rather than fights to win per se. Um, I, I, I think that she'll probably retain the title because as you mentioned, Shevchenko is going to make a run at that 125 belt. Um, so yeah, I, I agree with you. I think Nunes will probably keep the title till the end of the year. What are your thoughts, Brad? Yeah, I, I think so too. Um, but I do think that, uh, yes, like I said, I think Zingano will get a title shot. Um, I think they're going to throw a lot of money at Shevchenko to stay at 135. And that kind of ties into my prediction for the 125 belt. Um, but we'll come to that in a minute. But yeah, I think Nunes uh, remains champ by the end of the year. Um, seems like 
Nico Montano is the champion, and that entire division mm-hmm. kind of looks like ass. Like let's let's call a spade a spade. You know, a lot of these fighters they just stole a, like a division from Invicta. Like, let's be completely honest right now. We're looking at this. I, I hope that it grows like the strawweight and the uh, the bantamweight did, and I hope it develops. Um, personally, I'm going to say this. I don't think she retains the title. Um, whether it's Joanna who goes up because Joanna pieces her up or it's, it's Shoshenko goes down, she pieces it up. I'm hoping by the end of the year, we're looking at the end of year card and I'm hoping, or maybe even the July 4th card, I'm hoping that we get the Joanna versus Shevchenko fight at 125. Um, and if that happens based on what we've heard and seen prior, Shevchenko will be the 125 champion by the end of the year. What are your thoughts then, Brad? Uh, I th- I think that Shevchenko stays at 135. I think Joanna immediately gets a 125-pound title fight and wins. Um, I think she keeps that belt till the end of the year, and then I think she beats Namajinas by the end of the year. Ooh. Yeah. I think she's I think she's going to be a double champ by the end of the year. Champ, champ, what are you saying, Eddie? Oh man, I don't I don't know. If, well, I mean, I'd be okay with Joanna moving up. I just think she's you know she's going to want to you know fight Rose again. Um, now she does not the fight, right? The fights uh, uh, Rose and uh, who's she fighting? I haven't seen who's predicted to fight her, if I'm honest. I thought, I thought they were in talks at home talking to somebody. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I might think something else. Sorry. All right. Well, um, 125. I don't even know the name, the chick's name, and I don't care because she's not going to be champion. Um, <laughs> I think it'll be uh, uh, I want to I play around and say Mackenzie Derman. I'm not going to say that either. And I'd love to say Rachel Ostevich. It will get me a date with her, but I'm pretty sure she's married, so that's kind of SOL. And he just um, moved two inches on his desk. Bruh, look, man, as long as we're outside of 145, uh, we can talk. Anyway, but, uh, no, um, look, you know, real talk, I want to see Joanna move up, and I want to see Shushenko get in there with her and just battle it out for the title. And I think one of those two will be the champion, more than likely Shushenko. Fair. Right. So, is that – hold on, we've got one more. Straw weight. Mm -hmm. Straw weight. Rose Namajunas, a.k.a. Baby Doll. Um. Mm -hmm. I hope that she's yeah. going to be champion by the end of this year because I like that she's evolved as a fighter. A striking has come on leaps and bounds. We already know that she's got a very, very good ground game. Um, I, I hope that this is going to be the catalyst for her to develop and become somewhat of a degree of a star um, in that whole you know, women's divisions overall. Um, I personally think that she's one of the few that can have that breakout story. She's got a rough childhood. She has you know, um, different ethnicities within... Um, a family, and I, I like her style, and I like the way that she carries herself. I'm not down with the God stuff, like that's each to their own. Um, I just think, though, that she sends a really positive message, and I think this is one of the very few times that um, we've not had conflicting kind of personalities when it comes to like Ronda Rousey, where she would be like, um, you know, be a positive woman, this, that, and the other, and then she said that she wants to run off and have babies. And I, I just want somebody who, you know, I'm not going to be a bully, but I'm going to bully my opponents. I, I, I just personally want um, particular bullshit when it comes to the women fighters, as far as the champions concerned. I just want somebody who's going to have no controversy, and I hope Rose Namajunas is going to be the champion by the end of this year. Um, the only person who I genuinely think that would give her major problems is Joanna. If they fought again, I think that she'd stick a move and she'd just 
I think she'd outmaneuver Andrade. Um, I, I, I just personally think that she, she could outmaneuver her. Uh, Gadea would be an interesting fight, maybe. Um, I'm going to put all my hopes on Rose Namajunas being the champion by the end of 2018. Excuse me. Um, what are your thoughts, Brad? Um, yeah, I mean, like I said before, I think uh, it's going to end up with um, Namajunas fighting Joanna again, and I think Joanna beats the second time around. Um, I, I, I think what we saw uh, earlier, well, end of last year now, I guess it was, um, was more of a sort of blip in the road for Joanna. Uh, I think there was a bit too much pressure put on her in, in, in that sort of last 12 months. Um, and I, I think that's going to be her real kind of uh, eureka moment. And she's going to kind of fix what went wrong mentally in the build-up to that one. Um, I think she's going to get her confidence back with belt 125. Um, and then, yeah, I think she uh, I think she beats Rose. I think, I think it'd be a much more competitive fight this time around because it really didn't look that competitive at all uh, this time. But I think Joanna's got the skills to make it competitive. Uh, and I think if she goes into it with a better sort of uh, a better state of mind, uh, she'll get a better result. I think that was possibly Namajunas' best day in the cage. Uh, we'll see. Eddie, what you said? Like Real quick, you guys know who uh, Dante Wilder is, right? Boxer, yeah. heavyweight. Somebody had the balls to accuse his wife or his wife, his lady. I don't know if his wife, his girlfriend, but his chick of uh, of shoplifting at Dolce and Gabbana in a in, in I think in New York. Somebody had the balls to accuse Dante I'm, Wilder's girl. I'm just saying, this rich people steal, bro, more than fucking poor. Hundred percent. No, 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 no. Hundred percent. They still, but they don't steal. But, it out there, hey, they're not doing five figure discounts for purses, bro. They're doing five figure discounts for your check. Bruh, that's what that is. Um, so uh, y'all fucked up. Anyway, um, I love Rose Namajunas, man. I've, I've I've been a fan of hers. Just a big fan of hers. Is that flying armbar? Her story is amazing. Just like I'm, and 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 just I mean, and mostly the chicks. I like the story, but the fact that her and Pat Barry, you know, what I mean, are just like a thing, and it like works so perfect. And he like they help each other out. And Pat Barry is like taking a major backseat to his girl. That's like huge thing right to, for, as far as like ego for for like a fighter especially for you know for a guy but um her fighting ability she is no longer sneaking up on anybody you know what i mean a lot of people call this a, a fluke i don't think that the girls in that division are, 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 are going to take her as a fluke you know what i mean i think they saw her finish a a dominant striker they saw they saw that you know i mean it's, it's it's the whole thing was insane not to mention it's some next level scary creepy shit when someone comes to face off with you, you're talking mad shit, and she's saying the Lord's Prayer in your face, whether she's religious or not. That's some cold shit. That's some fucking um, Samuel Jackson uh, Pulp Fiction shit. The coldest <laughs> just speech before you fucking pulls the trigger in your face. Um, but what should we be checking at the end of the year? Jessica Andrade has something to say about that. Claudia Gadelia, inevitably, will have something to say about that. Um, Fuck, I mean, and, and and Michelle Watterson's a dark horse. You know, you can say whatever you want about that, but I think she's a dark horse to to get like a like a you know like a late replacement fight and maybe catch her the way Rose caught Joanna. It's it's possible. I'm not saying it'll happen. I think it's possible. Not getting a fucking sniff. No, 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 no. Like I said, like like hey, listen, 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 listen. I said she can get a replacement fight. That's about it. That's about the only way I think she gets the title fight. I don't think she'll be in the top ten by the end of this year. She might not be. You know, she might. In fact, I, my, my prediction for Michelle Watterson, she retires but, you know, sometime this year. But, um, you know, fair enough. Um, Paige Van Zandt, I don't think is ever going to be a threat. This is my opinion. I just, I'm not, mm, <laughs> I don't care. She's too busy making videos of Reebok and her and her boyfriend hanging out and working out. 
then 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 uh, then she is training. So I don't really give a shit about Paige Vincent, and I don't give a fuck when anyone gets mad about it. Um, I think Rose will. I think Rose will hang on to that belt. I think she'll get hang on to that belt. I think Je- Jessica Andrade and Kali Dahlia. I think she'll only fight one of them, and I don't think it'll be Jessica. <clears throat> and um, because Claudia's gonna be like, well, we can move to one twenty five. Shit, hell yeah, let's do that, right? Yeah. So I think she'll, you know, I think Rosa defend twice. I mean, she'll win twice, um, and that's about it. Yeah, I think she'll hang on. I really hope she hangs on. Really, I think it's more of a hope than anything. I think it's more of a heart pick than a head pick. Really. Yeah. Um, we're gonna go with the worst moments. Then we're gonna do the last one, which is gonna be the fight. So, um, for your worst moment of 2017 what was it Brad uh, my worst moment of 2017 was Conor McGregor diving into the cage at Bellator oh fairs fairs I, I thought that, that was and I'm, you won't find a bigger fan of Connors than mine um, but I thought that was some serious bullshit so fucking dickhead move worst moment of the year um, what about yours Eddie um I didn't think about that one. That that might have that would have been my pick if, if we would have done this. If 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 my pick would have happened, coach uh, coach uh, Robert Fallis, forty years old, you know, dying, losing, taking his life in in the saddest way. And it's it's honestly, and I know it happened late in the year and and everything. And there's a lot of things that happened this year. But I mean, can you imagine the kind of pain this guy trained champions? He trained yeah. fighters. You know, he was, and it's just you never think about the life of a coach. These guys, like you, always see the fighter. And you might see a coach every once in a while. Everyone talks about, you know, TJ's coach, uh, uh, Dwayne Bain Ludwig, Javier Mendez, a.k.a. Greg Jackson and, and, and uh, Greg Jackson and uh, Winkle John uh, over in, in New Mexico. Um, but you never think about the fact that those, all those guys pause their life for weeks at a time. In fact, most of the year because they got multiple fighters. So they can focus on other people, and they don't get the appreciation. Some of these guys get paid jack shit, by the way. I don't know how, like, what the, what the contract is supposed to be as far as like how much of a, a fighter goes to his co, you know, pays to his gym or whatever, her gym. But you never know what de- the demons that people have in their own heads. And most of the time, until it's too late, right? So it's sad. So again, I always say this to people, man: never, you know, never take someone for granted because everyone you meet will always have, will always be. You know, everyone you meet is fighting a battle you know nothing about. And Robert Falls was fighting one, and and unfortunately he overtook him. So uh, rest in peace, Robert Falls, forty years old. And uh, to me, that was the worst moment in, in, of the year. I, I'm gonna kind of roll more into the the MMA side of it, the actual sure. competitive side to it. I was torn between two, and these are both ones that are kind of personal towards me. Um, one was uh, John Jones getting popped after he returned. Oh yeah. Because the, you kind of felt it, it was like you had like a family member who was a drug addict and they got clean and then you find them pissing and shitting themselves and throwing a pole to themselves when you go into their house or their apartment and you're like, fuck, they've got back on mm-hmm. the fucking gear. That's how I felt. I felt betrayed. I kind of felt that we'd been done wrong. I felt that we'd been lied to and cheated again out of a moment of vindication through him. You know, we'd seen this, you know, story of somebody fucking up their life and coming back and getting validation of them being the best in the world and then whether or not it was a tainted supplement or not to still get popped you know suspended again remove title that for me is one of the worst moments of the year the other one um see this is so minuscule compared to 
who we're talking about. But it just bugged me seeing BJ Penn getting beaten by Dennis Seaver. That, that you know, after seeing yeah. him fought against the best of the best, you know, and being a behemoth back in the day and a monster, to see him just kind of flat-footed and beaten and broken down and just picked apart, a part of me just kind of was like, this is really, really sad, especially after he'd already lost to Yair Rodriguez as well, where he got absolutely smashed to pieces. Um, I believe that was in January earlier on this year. So I'm going to go with those two, but probably the John Jones one was the worst one for me, just because I felt like we'd been robbed. Um, now, the biggest and most important fighter of the year, Brad. Um, I had two. Robert Whittaker, I had, purely because uh, he wasn't, you know, at the beginning of the year, he was kind of on the fringe of the conversation. He's come in as an underdog twice. Uh, beat two guys that people weren't really predicting to beat, wins UFC titles. So That's pretty cool. Um, and my other one was uh, Kyoji Horiguchi. Yeah. Cut from the UFC uh, on a great winning streak because I don't know fucking why because they just, they're not really bothered about that division. Um, and he goes on to get five big wins, five stoppages, and then three stoppages in three days. Um, you know, you got, you got two knockouts and a submission. Uh, in three days at Ryzen on New Year's Eve. So I know it's one that's probably a bit under the radar, but, you know, Horiguchi for me has had a pretty fucking good year. What are you saying, Eddie? Fighter of the year. Did we do the other ones already or we're not doing the other ones? We've done all of them. Really? Yeah. Maybe a favorite moment, all that shit? Yeah. Fuck, dude, I didn't get to see mine. All right, whatever. Well, well, um, you can tell us right now because I'm sure we did that, but yeah, go on. Because we did, when you said worst and best moment, best moment? Fabrizio Verdun smacking the shit out of Kobe Covington with a boomerang. That was fucking awesome. Because we all want to do that shit, man. Um, and and uh, favorite moments, I the, the one that I want to say, I mean, Doug Rose, huge moment. But the one that I want to give out, uh, that, that I want to say, for favorite moment of the year, John Moraga knocking out Magomed Bibulatov at UFC 216. Um, the knockout was beautiful, but because I know the guy. It's like, <laughs> I, I used to train with a guy a long time ago, and, and, and I wish him well and everything, but he... His story is so crazy, man. Like, if you just knew the details of his story, you'd be like, what the fuck? So the fact that he did that and the emotional response that he had to it, there was no chest beating. There was no, I told you, motherfuckers, I'm still here. Or I want, you know, I want to fight so-and-so. Or DJ, I'm coming for you, motherfucker. You take everything, you know, that work for, whatever the fuck. None of that shit happened. He was emotional, which he never gets. He was in tears, and he just wanted to go see his boys. Like he just wanted to go to his family, like, immediately. He didn't give a fuck about the interview. He barely – DC was trying to pull quotes out of him. He didn't give a fuck. He's like, let me out of here. I want to go see my family. I just saved my career. That was my yeah, favorite cool. moment. What were your best moments, Brad, just so that I can recap? Because I'm, I'm sure we did, but I'm, I'm having this. Um, like, on, on a personal note, Reed versus Word was sick. Um, I'm going to annoy Eddie with this one again. Uh, McGregor versus Mayweather. All good, all good. You know, you know what? <laughs> on, a, on a serious note, if someone said to me 10 years ago, 15 years ago, five years ago, that a fucking UFC champion would, fly, would fight a, a heavyweight boxing champion, I'd have laughed in the face. Mm-hmm. So in, in some respects, it's like, yeah, that was pretty fucking cool. Yeah, fair um, enough. Like, as long as we don't get, as long as Polly doesn't get a fight, I'm cool with everything. 
<laughs> my favourite moment, just to recap, was um, the return of the Korean zombie and knocking out Bermudez. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, a lot of people forget about that fight, but it was kind of a beautiful moment to kind of see this guy come back and show that he still had it. Um, it was kind of sucky that we lost him in the first part. I know, obviously, it was military-based, so he had to go. Um, but it, it was still cool to see him return and obviously get that W as well. Um, my other one was seeing Max Holloway beat Aldo again because after the first time, a lot of people were saying there were a lot of excuses. Aldo had injuries. Um, it wasn't the same Aldo. Aldo would beat him if he'd used well leg kicks. Um, he tried using a few leg kicks in the second fight. The same thing still happened. Max Holloway dominated that fight and got the finish again. He, he, he just picked him apart. And it's one of my, my favourite moments, just because I feel that like it was full circle for Holloway. He'd, he'd started from the bottom, worked all the way to a mid kind of area, got knocked back down again, and he had to rebuild. And then we're talking about one of the most dominant people in the UFC pound for pound. But what was your best fighter, your, your favourite fight you picked for the year, Eddie? All right, so I, I was I was stuck within between two of them or three of them, honestly. I mean, the, the only three that anyone's talking about: Robert Whitaker, Max Holloway, and Demetrius Johnson. Robert Whitaker doing the shit he's done is is pretty impressive, you know. Outside of you know actually fighting Michael Bisping, which I wish you would have been okay with, honestly, watching. But um, you know, we're not gonna get that fight. Max Holloway, you beat the best featherweight of, in, in UFC history um, twice in a row and made him look like just a regular dude. But Demetrius Johnson. Defending continues to defend the belt, continues to win no matter what people try and say and do or whatever. They're waiting for him to fall off or whatever they're looking for. You know, breaking the record. As much as I didn't really care about the record, he still broke Anderson of his record, right? And then to finish fight to finish fights. I mean, remember the knock on him was just like he's boring, he doesn't finish fights. Well, he's finishing fights, bitches. What the fuck? What do you gotta say now? Right? And he's willing to fight TJ. And he's willing to fight Cody. Pay the man, he'll fight, he'll fight Connor be paying him off. You don't give a fuck. Right, so to me, he's fight of the year for while he's always accomplished, and it's just like with Ronda, we used to say it's like, well, she's a one trick pony, you know? Okay, she's a one trick pony, but you know, go ahead and beat that one trick pony. It took Holly Holm to do it, and then Amanda Nunes after you know Ronda's already broken. But DJ's good everywhere. He's gonna be good everywhere. He might even get better everywhere. You know what I mean? It's it's you know, and he's accomplished a lot this year. So to me, he's a one A and, and Max one B, and 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 honestly, Robert Whitaker one C. But I, I I give it all to DJ. I'm 100% with you. I went Demetrius Johnson. He broke the record. He's been dominant in every fight that he's had um, over recent years. Um, again, we're talking about arguably one of the most ridiculous video game-esque submissions in MMA history. Um, and I just don't see realistically anybody beating him. I I, I think that, you know, you give um, him options wherever he gets. if he goes against a jiu-jitsu guy he can sub him if you go against you know a wrestling guy he just knocks them out you know an olympic caliber as well you know what was the quote um there's 4600 or something um olympic gold medalist there's only one flyweight champion what more do you want man i think mm-hmm. the guy is a talent i think his personality i think that you could i i personally in my opinion believe he's the pound for pound best in the world pound for pound um and I think it's going to take something ungodly for him to be, you know, dethroned as far as just his title, let alone arguably the best in the world. Um, so that's my pick for um, the fighter of the year, uh, Demetrius Johnson, for breaking the record, retaining his um, titles the most amount of times in UFC history. And again, just being an overall badass man, like, you know, you can sleep on him and say that, you know, he doesn't finish and then he turns around and he's 
start snapping arms off and ragdolling Ray Borg like he was a kid. It, lo- it looked genuinely did that fight. People talk about K- Khabib's ground game. You know, it's ridiculous and all this, that, and the other, and I completely agree. But Demetrius looked so technical when he was ragdolling Ray Borg. It felt like he was five steps ahead. It felt like you'd put me in against fucking Gordon Ryan. That's what that fight looked like. It just looked like he, there was nothing for Borg to do. He was literally there for the ride. It was like giving your eight-year-old kid um, a fucking, um, I don't know, like a Sega Mega Drive and saying, come on, let's play Street Fighter. I don't know what the fuck they're going to do. They're looking like there's three buttons here. There's a weird, where's the analog sticks? That's what it felt like. That's what it felt like to me. Yeah, he's you know he's, I think it's beyond a doubt now that he's technically the most complete fighter in mixed martial arts. Um, you know certainly in in terms of guys who are at the top of the game and at their peak. Um, that's why I only think he's going to get beaten by someone with uh, with more physical attributes, and that and I I, I think it's perhaps Dillashaw's going to do it. Um, but I, I think you know all things being equal, if he stays at one twenty five, um, and fights other one twenty fivers. I, I don't see anyone being technically more complete than BJ. We'll soon see his 2018. <laughs> um, with that said, guys, just want to give a shout out to everybody who tuned in. Um, also, thank you for tuning in through all of 2017. And um, we appreciate everything that you do for us, whether it be subscribing, liking, sharing, retweeting, all that beautiful stuff, tuning in and subscribing to all the different things, whether it be on iTunes and all that jazz. Um, I just want to give a shout out to our sponsors also, past and present. So thanks to Represent. Thanks to Huel, thanks to Bain, thanks to Receptra. Uh, you check out Bain, the Jiu-Jitsu Athletic Apparel. They ship worldwide, and they do some really dope gain. They, they're dropping new content all the time. So make sure that you check out all the Jiu-Jitsu-inspired um, athletic apparel that they have um, at bainstar.com. Use the code with the heel hook for 10% off. Also check out Receptra. They do the best CBD products, in my opinion. Um, I couldn't recommend CBD uh, products enough just in general. So make sure that you go and do the research, see how it can improve for you. Um, and like I say, go and check out Receptra, find the right thing for you, whether it be the body butters, whether it be the CBD oil droppers, and they have an array of different kind of strengths as well. So start small and work up, find what's the best for you. And like I say, check out ReceptraNaturals.com if you're in the United States. That's R-E-C-E-P-T-R-A. Naturals.com if you're in the United States. R-E-C-E-P-T-R-A. Global.com if you are in Europe. And use the code word again. All one word. The heel hook. Get yourself 10% off. Um, just want to say thank you to Brad for joining me in edit today. Um, where can the people find you at on your socials? I am on Twitter at... Uh, MMA Brad, for, I forgot what my Twitter account was then. <laughs> MMA Brad 48. And um, yeah, back in the booth of Cage Warriors on the 24th of February, I think, in Liverpool. Going to be a sick Ooh. night. It's always a good fun in the Echo, if I remember right. Is it the Echo? Yeah, man, you know it. I mean, we, we've got Molly McCann fighting for a world title. Uh, Paddy Pimlet's making this comeback. Potentially Chris Fishgold as well. Who knows? Uh, it's going to be, yeah, be a sick night. And then uh, I think the weekend after that, we're in Wales. A couple of weeks after that, we've got the Super Saturday in London. So there's going to be two main cards with four world title fights uh, all on the same night. So that's going to be a, that's going to be a busy one. So, yeah, happy days, mate. Happy days. I expect you to have no voice by the end of that. I'm predicting by the second main card, first fight, done. Dude, from, from the 10th of February until the middle of May, I've not got a weekend off. So I'm going to be... I'm going to be 
sounding like I smoked 50 bends in a day by, uh, <laughs> by the time that's done. Um, where can they find you at, Eddie? You can find me on Twitter at ELO31. The page is, well, the podcast is at KeyboardWarriorsMMA.com. And, of course, the uh, Instagram is at KeyboardWarriorsMMA. Um, just big shout out to everyone that just watches this show and, and you know, in the, in the Warriors show, but especially this one, cause this is a lot earlier in the day, uh, for the people in the States. And, um, and it's actually been a lot of fun. So I appreciate, uh, being brought on in this thing and, and uh, really looking forward to what happens this year, man. Uh, yeah, I, I just to kind of roll with Eddie on that thought, like I appreciate all the people, whether you be in different areas of Europe, whether you're in the States, whether you're in the UK and you stay up late as well. Um, We've got some really dope content coming through. Um, we're going to do streams. Um, we're going to be doing uh, like video game streams. We're going to be doing um, some top fives and whatnot we're going to throw around. Uh, we also have the new show, Triggered, um, which we'll be doing an episode um, this coming week where Eddie's going to come through with the conspiracy theories. He's oh, representing for Capon. Um, but yeah, man, you can find me at Ashley Lamprey on Twitter. That's A-S-H-L-E-Y-L-A-M-P-R-E-Y. You can also find me on Snapchat, just as official. Um, and make sure that you subscribe to this channel. Leave a like, tell a friend, just spread the word, man. Support the culture. Um, additional to that, you can uh, find us on uh, the iTunes and SoundCloud, uh, the Heel Hook. And what's that? I'm trying to remember the Twitter. The Twitter is... At the heel channel underscore. I keep on forgetting that underscore because some motherfuckers got the heel channel and that's just it. And I'm like, mm. you haven't used it since 2012. Can we just? I th- I feel like it's one of those PSN things. Like if somebody has that PSN, then yeah. like five years, let's just fucking go ahead and delete them and just like let's get on with it. Um, but yeah, so make sure you sub up to all those. Um, an additional to that, I just want to say thank you to Brad again for coming through. Um, no worries, boys. Thank you as well as always uh, to Eddie as well because, um, you know, the dynamic duo is going to come strong in 2018 um, and we'll see you later on this week for more. Yeah, we're coming at you consistent like a bad case of herpes, bitches. (laughs) We're going to sting so bad you're going to think that we're the ringworm under the face of Paige Van Zandt. Uh, and, then, and, then, and then we might actually put some ring ring on, on the face for Paige Van Zandt so watch out I'm, I'm only a couple states away <laughs> um, with that same thing said from me from Eddie from Brad whether you're a lover a fighter or a hater peace up hey town down we're out of here